garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Thanks for getting up with us because you're listening to Mid-South Gardening. I'm Veda with Palladio. And I'm Mr. Kenneth Mabry with Dan West Garden Centers. And I'm Jim the Fat Man Crowder, and I am here this morning to help... Make you a better gardener. There you go. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's right. So, you know, if you want to kill it, cure it, or just (laughs) want to talk about it, this is the right place. (laughs) We also want to welcome our our affiliates that have joined us now. Um, We are a syndicated program, which I'm so excited about. Oh, yeah. Uh, We got Chattanooga, who is uh, 92.7 FM Nooga Radio. We are so glad to have you with us this Mm -hmm. morning. Uh, obviously, Easter Standard Time, you don't have to get up as early as we do. Right. And that's the truth. So, uh, you know. Well. But we welcome you and uh, appreciate a call. If you, you know, first one to call from Chattanooga is going to uh, get one of those uh, nice tumbler things that we yeah. have. We're oh, yeah, they're nice. Well, to you. Come on, Nuga Radio. And give if you want to give us a call, it is 844-747-8868. 844-747-8868. And, of course, the local number, 260-5926. Wow. I've been having a fun time keeping 901. my... 901. 901. That's right. Okay. 260-5926. I've been having a fun time what keeping all the plants alive yes. hey, in did you little get any, containers. Did you get any rain this week? No. 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 Me no. either. I mean, a lot of yeah. people did. Yeah, that would have really helped my plants. Yeah. No, yeah. No rain. I'm fertilizing, pruning, root stimulator. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll super thrive with the seaweed, that. Mm -hmm. And I'm mixing the big bloom together. And then earthworm castings and plant tone. So I have to make sure we're closed before I put the plant tone out. Because it's nice and organic yeah. smelling. Nice organic and smell, so too. so people come in the nursery right after I put it on, and they're think, looking at the bottom of their shoes. <laughs> like, did I step in something? <laughs> That's the hard thing about having the uh, natural chem- chemicals, the natural stuff like that, in your building. Oh, yeah. Because I am literally going to put a sign up that says, I don't know exactly, but I've got to come up with it some way. This is not our staff that smells this way. This is our fertilizer. Yeah. Because it's, it's by the leaving door. And it's, what, not, yeah. and, it's just, and it's not just the tone products like plant mm-hmm. tone, rose tone, you know, garden tone, holly tone, on down the line. Uh, all the organic, I shouldn't say all, most of the organics have an odor, if you yeah, will. There we go. Uh, and the tone products surely do. It's just a combination of some wonderful organic products yeah. all mixed together. And that cocoa meal they put in does not hide the smell enough. No, no I But agree. they put it in there for the chocolate smell to kind of taper the smell down, but it didn't work. Still smells like chocolate blood. I'm sorry. Chuck-o, because the blood meal that's in yeah. there. Yeah, that's just not oh, right. No. And you're putting this in uh, container-grown plants, yes. I'm assuming house plants you and know, outdoor like, plants. Yeah, you know, like we've got the roses in mm-hmm. stock like y'all do, mm-hmm. most garden centers, um, perennials, mm-hmm. you know, perennials in containers and they're hanging on pretty they're hanging on nicely but then we get that um such hot weather that it's hard to keep up with them i've had to put plants outside in some large saucers Mm -hmm. just like like this tree um the tree hydrangea Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's got so much foliage and so many blooms that the root ball is smaller and if i don't keep it in water it stays basically you see it trying to wilt 
So that's helped a lot. And it's been hot. You it know. has. It is so hot that my non-melting suet is dripping. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. And it's wow. supposed to be over 100 and something degrees today with the heat index. Oh, and I, I think tomorrow also. Oh, no, not yet. No. Okay. So definitely, y'all, go out and water your plants. And you're probably going to have to uh, poke holes in the soil, let it soak in, uh, water it again. We used to water it like three times. One, to just keep it alive two to help it flush out better and three to have some reserve water and we would soak it all the way through well and then the flip <laughs> side of that coin is you also don't want to overwater, you know yeah. and that's we see a lot of that of course I and mean, there again who would think watering would be so hard you know yeah. uh and, and i always tell people you know just the general rule of thumb is you want to keep things moist but not wet and that doesn't mean that you don't want to go out there and soak something when you water this time of year you can soak it okay but then you want to let it air out before you come back and water again. Now, that's for established plants that are, or even newly planted plants that are in the ground. In containers, yeah, you got to do a little bit more watering than you do your in-ground right, plants. Right, and of course, if you're a sandy area, you need to water a even lot more. more. And then, like Jim said, the best soil is clay, which everybody laughs at. Well, the best soil has got a clay base to it. Yeah, and you need the amendments to fix that. But that's when you can water less. Yeah, that's right. And then you mentioned uh, Super Thrive Mm -hmm. uh, and the organic fertilizers. I mean, things are looking... You know, they're going to look drab, of course, this time of year. Yeah, you know, we're going to, in the second hour, we're going to talk about heat stress yeah. and what happens when we get 100 degree plus temperatures. Plus, yeah. Well, heat stress, and that's a real thing, of course, not only on humans, but on plants mm-hmm. also. Yep. But, you know, when things start looking a little drab, the dog days of summer, which we're definitely in, uh, case to point, had a gentleman come into the garden center yesterday, and he said, Kenny, what fertilizer do you recommend for me to put on my lawn? And I said, well, typically this time of year, especially on Bermuda and Zoysia, you use more of a high nitrate fertilizer, like a Fertilone Long Food Plus Iron, for example. It's like a 2404, right? And I said, out of this 24% nitrogen, only 2% is a quick release. The other 22% is a slow release, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, and this bag would cover about 5,000 square feet. He said, okay, because you know, my lawn is just, just not green like I want it. He said, now, I do have a lawn care company. I said, okay, well, they should be. Call them back. Well, he said, said, listen, he said, I said, they should be feeding your lawn for you. And I said, uh, has it been, you know, six weeks, eight weeks since they've been out there? He said, no, yesterday. Oh, so (laughs) I didn't even have to. I was like, well, do you know if they put a lawn food down? He went, yeah. I was like, well, you might want to let that kick in before you start putting more long food down. I mean, I laugh. Even quick release are not quite that quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's my point, though. People want things to look good, you know. Now. Yes, Just they like do. Just like they want to see a bug die now. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Twice if they could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was funny. He said, uh, yesterday. I was like, well, let's give that thing a minute just to kick in. Because think about it. I mean, even though this was a non-burning fertilizer, you know, you still don't want to get too much nitrogen down on your lawn, uh, not only because, you know, you'll definitely have a lot of growth that you'll have to cut, but you can also create problems mm-hmm. with excessive yeah. nitrogen out there in your lawn. Yeah, because, you know, uh, a blade of grass, say, or, or just about anything, the cells are, are full of water, and if I'm saying that right, and it's like... They take 60% water, and so if you do that high, quick nitrogen, it makes them more flush, 
then they're more water than plants. So then that's where you get some issues. Well, but also, I mean, yes, ma'am. And you can also create fungal uh, problems, uh, you know, with excessive nitrates out there. Worst thing yeah. you can do is over-fertilize your lawn because everybody is on a schedule for mowing. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it's once every 10 days I'm raising or my 7 hand over days here, yes. or whatever. But they do it if weather permits the same mm-hmm. time every week. But Bermuda grows faster than that, particularly. So, you know, it really, even under good fertilizer practices, should be mowed every fourth or fifth day because you're removing too much green tissue. At one time. Right. The more you fertilize it, the more green growth it gets. So when you remove all of that and you see it brown the next Mm -hmm. morning, you've cut into stems. And what it's going to do now is start using carbohydrates it has stored in its roots mm-hmm. because you don't have enough green tissue right. to generate enough carbohydrates. Right. So it starts pulling that from your root system when it should be storing that for your winter. So you're weakening your lawn. You weaken the lawn by mm-hmm. over fertilizing. So it's, you know, particularly this time of year yeah. is it's going into the fall and should start storing those reserves. Yeah. You know, because you look at Bermuda grass at, at eight degrees, it'll die. So yeah. you want to be very careful to make sure that you've got enough mm, carbohydrates right. in it and that you don't cut it too low. Because as we're going into winter, that those stems, although they look brown, have got carbohydrates stored in them. Mm-hmm. They're green in the center. That's the reason you don't want to spray Roundup on it in the middle of wintertime because yeah, yeah. you'll kill it. And we, and we hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you'll just mildly fertilize it, okay, yeah. do it more often if you need to. Uh, but just don't over-fertilize your, your lawn. Yeah. You will have a healthier lawn and less weeds because the more often – the thicker it gets by cutting it correctly, yeah. you you encourage tillering, and, and it just makes almost an impenetrable mm-hmm. yeah. mat for weed seed. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. That, that Lecture is, 101 yeah, on turf yeah. care to- in the Mid-South. Okay, so I had a – okay, this is just a thought that I'm throwing out there. Okay, so maybe – some of the the numbers on the nitrogen's pretty high, but if when you put the nitrogen in the nitrogen in the soil, the plant absorbs everything it needs, and then the leftover releases as a gas. So sometimes you're not getting all of it, which is maybe why we have a little extra in there. Well, especially on the urea form nitrogens mm-hmm. that are not coated, true, uh, just yeah. pure urea. You yeah, know, which they're is just, readily available. Yeah, you know, urea yeah. can be absorbed and even in in cooler temperatures. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas, like ammoniacal nitrogen, once you start getting cold ground temperatures, it doesn't do any good right. to fertilize mm-hmm. your lawn. But urea is just pretty much available anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, if the plant doesn't take it all, it, what if the plant's full of nitrogen? I had. Uh, it overeats. It overeats. Yeah. <laughs> and you waste it, like you're saying, yeah. Beta. I mean, yeah. Well, you're Why right. would I not think? But, yeah. but you, you're wasting that. And a lot of that winds up in the in the drains and into the rivers, and you get algae bloom uh, but, and everything else. But mm-hmm. but isn't that more phosphorus that's doing all that instead no, of the that's nitrogen? The, that's the big issue, yeah, the yeah. phosphorus. The nitrogen's pretty going to be gone pretty quick. Yeah. But the phosphorus is the one that... You know, it, it's not an issue in our soils here around the Memphis area. But if you have... Um, very well draining soil, rocky, mm-hmm. sandy, um, then the phosphorus moves through that really well. You know, if you put phosphorus in a compost pile, the rain takes it right to the bottom of the pile. Huh. There's nothing well, in there for mm-hmm. it to hold on to, and it just oh. goes right out. 
Oh, so it needs some clay to bond with. That's why and the you, compost you know, is every just, time you put a layer in, take a shovel full of soil and just scatter mm-hmm. it in there. And that gives it something to bind to. Well, in case to point, you know, in the Mid-South area here, you know, our if you ever have a soil test analysis run, uh, the phosphate levels are typically I've off the chart. I've never had yes. analysis run. Yeah. They usually just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the phosphate levels are off the chart. And that's typically why, you know, most of the lawn foods that you see around here have a very low phosphate or zero mm-hmm. phosphate amount in them. Um, you know, and, and most of them are zero. Yeah, and, you know, because the same product's being sold in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, you know? that's true. So, you know, it's so much easier for the fertilizer companies just to take it out because you don't need that. You're not mm-hmm. producing seed on any of your grass. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just we don't have a long enough growing season for that to happen. All right, y'all. We're going to take a break. You need to call us back about we will, how to... We will take your question. Yes, to far- fertilize. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, y'all. That sounded different. Fertilize. Okay, we'll be right back. Call and talk with Jim, Veda, and Ken now. 844-747-8868. This is Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton they are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over a hundred dollars but thanks to our good friend mike lindell 39.99 that's it it's a great deal all you have to do go to mypillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the towels just enter the promo code starns or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials again mypillow.com promo code starns no matter where you're going, take along Brim Snack Foods to make your day even tastier. Cheese puffs, cheese curls, cracklins, cheddar fries, popcorn, pork rinds, potato chips, tortilla and corn chips, and so much more. Family owned and operated, Brim's has been serving communities for almost 40 years. And their delicious snacks have been sold throughout the South. Brim's Snack Foods. Life is so delicious. Sight and Sound Theaters presents a brand new original stage production. Everyone has a story. All young women are to be taken to the palace. The choices we must face. Go to the king. Plead for the lives of your people. At a time that was chosen for us. No one can ever know who you are. What you're about to see is my story. Queen Esther, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters. For tickets, visit sight-sound.com. Good morning and welcome back. Welcome back to Mid-South Garden. If you have gardening questions, give us a call. That is 901-678-3635. And, okay, y'all remember I found the organic cure for armyworms. Oh, what, was, what was that number? What was that number? Uh, well, did I mess it all up? She's giving tell her. Tell it backward. <gasps> did I give my... <laughs> 
Don't call them that number. Yeah, right that there one ain't down. nobody there yet. Right, right. Yeah. I think it, I think I know. It's 844-747-8868. No, but then we're going to do the local number, which is 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. I wonder how I gave that other number you can out tell starting at 844. which people are not morning people. <laughs> Used to be, but then realized that wasn't smart. So. No. 901-260-5926. And, of course, go to... Uh, uh, the Facebook page, the Mighty Nine Ninety, stream it live, KWAM Radio, Fantastic. and uh, and you watch all of our podcasts there. And we invite you also to join our Facebook group, Mid South Gardening. Um, you can brag, you can post mm-hmm. pictures, you can ask questions, and yeah. we have a world of information in the file section. So um, you know about poisonous plants and pl- <clears throat> plants for. Moist or wet areas and plants, um, deer resistant yeah. plants. So lots of cool information on there. Lots of things about varieties of fruits. Uh, so anyway, and we're adding more as we get into the mm-hmm. fall. We'll be adding more. It's been too fall, y'all. Yeah, just fall, hadn't done, y'all. done a whole lot here lately. Yeah. Well, I was uh, going to post on the Facebook page last night. Yeah, and we have somehow, foliage Friday. And yeah, but <laughs> okay. My picture of my foliage Friday was just brown foliage hanging off a of coleus. Oh, That's yeah. my foliage Friday. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have we have a number of great, well, 7,000 great gardeners on our group, but a lot of them are very good at posting on foliage Friday. So, yes, uh, it's beautiful. The only thing I posted yesterday was one of my... Um, my stapelia, the carrion flower, was had two big flowers on it, you know, and they're about eight inches across. A tortilla uh, flower? Huh? Stapelia. Stapelia gigantea. And carrion is, flower is a common name okay. for it. Yeah. You know, it, actually, it looks like a cactus, but it's not. It's actually in the milkweed family because it has uh-huh. no spines. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, to most people, it smells like dead meat. Mm-hmm. You know, flies love it, ants love it, they just are to it but i i've been blessed i can't i can barely smell it i have to stick my nose right down in the flower and then it's i can just barely smell it and and i'm fairly certain i don't have covid i wonder why i I was gonna ask that's (laughs) bizarre i wonder why it has that that older gem i mean is is there a beneficial reason behind pollination so it brings in the insects pollinators yeah Yeah. isn't that amazing yeah that is so amazing um so yeah i was talking about the um the organic treatment for armyworms is chickens. The uh, they're, hey, they're still out there yeah, big time. They are. You know, I thought they had subsided just a little bit last week. Um, I mean, because there was a huge rush for people to buy stuff to kill armyworms that were eating their Bermuda lawns up and lawns in general. And then it kind of subsided. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe we're over the hump. Mm-hmm. And then this past week here, uh, same thing, man. People have been flying to the garden center to get oh, things to kill it. army worms exactly. they're still out there big time yeah and i talked then, to a gentleman yesterday in dyersburg and i'm sorry I'll no go go ahead uh, and and he had had army worms and he said i don't care if it takes my lawn but it's moving into my pasture yeah oh, that's, that's serious scary <laughs> so oh, he had yeah. gone to get something he raises highlander cattle mm-hmm. and uh and so he needed something to get in there quick that wouldn't hurt them and still yeah. exactly. control the army worms well the um the goats are the organic treatment for your brush your tin cans, all of that. And, but, and to mow your lawn. Yeah, n- Yes, to mow your lawn somewhat. But if you really want a good mowed lawn, it's an alpaca. Mm-hmm. I've discovered that alpacas love to eat your grass. And first and of they all, you actually, have to explain what that is. Yeah, alpaca. Well, I don't know what that looks is. I'm like just telling you. kind of like a llama. Yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. a, yeah, a llama, basically. Mm-hmm. Not, I was going to say camel, Make but it's a sweaters. llama. 
Yeah, so the scene get double duty here. You can have your alpaca keep your lawn nice in the winter. And you can get use it for something else. And I'm just thinking that's probably against the law. But anyway. Using an alpaca well, yeah. in your Actually, lawn. It, it may not be. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays. Y'all are thinking way too hard about this. Yeah, <laughs> in the state of Tennessee, you know, you can't have a, um, uh, a dangerous snake, a poisonous snake. Um, you can't. You have to have special licenses for uh, big cats, mm. but you can have a giraffe in your backyard. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know that. Well, there's yeah. your apple well, picker. Well, let's do, I guess you can yeah, almost you order may have some local restrictions. That <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Power lines, power lines, all of that. Well, also uh, turtles eat grass, but of course that takes forever to mow your lawn. But you can pass on a turtle because how long do they live? A long time, so you can just pass your lawnmower down through the generations. That's funny. Okay, we're going to take a break. Give us the calls about your turtle or your alpaca that eats your lawn or, you know. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Mid South Gardening. If you have any gardening questions, call us at 901 260 5926. 901 260 5926. Too nervous to get out the wrong number. Yeah, then you can go to kwamradio.com, of course, and then the Mighty 990 Facebook page if you want to shoot us a text. And we've already got uh, quite a few people on there. you got Jan um, and Rebecca. Um, on there saying hello and good morning to everyone and last week jan was so awesome she brought us coffee mm. because you had said something to the oh the curing wasn't working yeah she was like y'all gotta have coffee to keep going yeah <laughs> okay we've got a caller on let's go to barbara good morning barbara i'm trying to turn the radio off <laughs> <laughs> no problem she got to you too quick miss barbara <laughs> i've got quite a few plants in pots right now and a couple of them are lantana but i'm getting white flies on my lantana is there anything i can spray you know i'll have it for the butterflies and i don't want to do anything to harm them well let's see what i i've seen that happening too and i increased the water because white fly you hardly get rid of all of them but you at least want to get them yeah i mean check so, yeah yeah or increase the water fertilize it and i actually sprayed with neem on top underneath i i, I shook the container <laughs> then i fluffed the leaves around so i could get under on top and i had some good control that way with the neem yeah yeah neem's a great product for white fly uh you just may want to make sure that it is well watered before you spray neem and you also want to make sure this time of year that you spray early morning or late in the afternoon yeah. not during the heat of the day barbara but then when veda said you get rid of most of them what she meant by that is you can kill every white fly that you have today and have 10,000 more fly in next week. So it's one of those things where you're spraying. Or later that afternoon. Yeah, or later that yeah. afternoon. <laughs> so really what you're doing, Barbara, you're spraying to reduce the population because you can right. never completely eliminate them. But you've got to reduce that population, mm -hmm. though. So, yeah, make sure they're well watered. Uh, try to spray early morning or late in the afternoon uh, in neem and permethrin. There's a lot of products out there that are safe to use. Uh, and as long as you're not spraying when the butterflies are active, uh, typically, right. you're okay. okay. And try to it's limit your spray. Um, well, safer soap only works if you get it on them. 
Okay. And that's okay. about impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So spinosa would be better. And try to, to direct your spray on the foliage. Try not mm-hmm. to put get it on the open flowers. You know, that way you just okay. reduce the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But spinosa, even if you hit the flowers, if you'll do it just before dark, it's dry by the next morning, and it, it's virtually non-toxic by then to your pollinators. Okay. Okay, well, I will sure try that because <clears throat> I'm noticing, I guess, because they're all stressed. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'll still see yeah. them, you know, even right after you spray, you'll still see them flying around, but your plant is protected. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. And again, do some fertilization as well just to give them some extra energy to um, recover more as uh, white flies reduce. Yeah. Okay, well, I will do that. All right, thank you for calling in, Barbara. Have a great weekend, Barbara. And the spinosin you're going to, you need to go to like an independent garden center. Great and product. They'll, they'll understand. I know what you're saying. And spinosad so. is more benign to beneficials mm-hmm. overall, right. and so is neem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now, I was surprised. Well, I haven't read all everything on the labels, so I was surprised on the uh, spinosin working on the white fly mm-hmm. just because of my process versus maybe Jim yours on the chemical process. Well, you know, obviously because they have a piercing mouth part, they only take in a very small amount. Okay, but in most cases, that's enough to protect, to kill that one white fly. Right. So, uh, like I say, you're still going to see them on there. You know, if you use something like permethrin or or even neem, which has some repellent qualities, Mm -hmm. that helps keep them away. And so does the permethrin, actually. Right. You know, inside, I've used uh, dog collars. Just lay them in in the plant. You know, your pollinators usually aren't there, but just a fraction of a second. So they're not normally impacted by mm-hmm. it. But what you get with just laying a dog collar in there, you know, anything that stays on the plant for... You mean like a dog flea and tick right. collar? Gotcha. Yeah, okay. for 10 or 15 seconds. Gotcha. Then, you know, you're talking about it actually getting some of the chemical. I oh, like wow. that idea, too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Because yeah. I was thinking I was going to have to chase the neighborhood dogs down to be still in their collars. No, you know, if you've got things like African violets that are... don't the the fuzzy foliage stuff don't take yeah. sprays very well. Right. You can cut them up in little pieces and just lay them in the top of the pot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. a homemade yeah. insect. And we might even talk about some homemade sort of. well, yeah, homemade. weed killers in the last yeah. hour. And, 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 be good, and I'm thinking, okay, homemade weed killers. That's going to be interesting mm-hmm. because either that can be really good or that can be really bad. Right. Yeah, you know, there, I read a, a, a very well-written article about how you should use uh, this particular homemade weed killer instead of Roundup or something that works. Um, yeah, and I it's it's that. a combination of Dawn liquid detergent, table salt. But don't give it away yet. And, and water. No, but I'm, you're saying, but not so fast, yeah, right? we're okay. going to talk about what you actually get from that. So. <laughs> Probably arsenic acid or something Those like that. Weeds, those weeds. But I weeds, tell you. But they're there to cover cover your soil. But the dog days of summer, uh, which we're definitely in, no doubt. I had a lady in, in the garden center yesterday, uh, and she had a gardenia topiary, okay, in a container. And white flower just taking it away mm, they love the gardenia uh, yes even in the best days they love them uh, especially this one had fallen off of, a, of a, a ledge that she had it on had fallen out of the pot so she repotted it you know still a little loose a little wobbly in there so it's struggling anyway because of the root system that just got torn yeah. up so she bought some potting soil and she you know she's gonna get it back in there get it secure 
water feed, uh, and I gave her some Super Thrive uh, mm-hmm. Beta uh, to try to stimulate some good root growth. And then she said, what about these little white flies? And what are those? And I said, they're actually called white flies. She's like, no, they're not. And I said, yeah, they are. She thought I was kidding with her. But, uh, you know, and I explained about, you know, spraying to control the white fly. And, you know, you're spraying to keep the population down. You can't completely eliminate them. Um, but it's like you said a second ago, a lot of times, you know, there are certain plants that white fly truly love. Gardenias, mm-hmm. lantana being some of them. But if a plant is weak or anemic, uh, a lot of times they'll gravitate towards those plants also. That's why it's important to keep yeah. that moisture and that fertilizer like level their up. their energy level's low when they're stressed, and you give it higher energy, which makes it more difficult for a lot of insects to live on it. So that's kind of how it reduces. Because I'm, I'm speaking in a total natural uh, application. So you feed it, which makes it stronger, which... Um, reduces because it repels some of the insects then you can use a organic which will take care of some more insects and then possibly you've got it low enough where it's not damaging and and, and, and you're saying you're using uh, just plant tone for most of yeah. your container and grown plants and, and then, then you'll come back yeah, yeah. yeah. you can't and, go wrong with that right and then of course the next big thing is and we talk about this every weekend is of course the water you know you want to keep your container plants moist but not wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That That's the big key there. I've had a lot of experience with that this week, too. <laughs> now, Jim, you've got quite a few plants in containers. Or yes, you, I do. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, above-ground containers. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I mean, what's, what is your watering practice? I mean, are you going out there just every day, every other day? And before uh, you answer well, that, do you have the same soils in your containers? Too? Most of them, yes. Okay. The cacti have mm-hmm. a little different soil that drains quicker. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, may, I took a um, good potting soil that I got from my buddies at Dan West and mixed about half and half soil perfecter with it because yeah. I need it to drain really quick. And that for, surely nice. will make it That's drain. for my night blooming series. So i got eight or nine varieties now. Um, and do you have saucers under your container? I do, I do not. Okay. No, I, didn't, I just don't like saucers. Mm-hmm. And I've got some things like, you know, I bought a, um, what was supposed to be a tropical, well, at first kiss, which is nearly a tropical gardenia, um, you know, and, and, but it turned out to be a Klein's Hardy. So <laughs> really, I bought okay. it in the closeout section. You know, it, it's Maybe. good and healthy. You know, yeah. I babied it through the winter, and then you know, and it was a pitiful. Looking, it wasn't what I was hoping for. So, and it was a Klein's yeah. Hardy too. Yeah. but I guess not Hardy to well, one it is, degree. Yeah, it is Hardy. But you know, I have sun patients, and they require uh, almost daily long. thorough watering mm-hmm. because now you know they're getting much larger than the mm-hmm. container, right. and they're really depleting the water. Yeah. Right. You know, and then I have. Um, I have a tree fern that oh, pretty much better stays. Now, yeah. and see, on something like a tree fern, and the reason I was asking about your saucers, because a lot of people don't use saucers outside. Mm. Um, you know, now inside, of course, you do. But a tree fern, oh, it seems like you almost have to have a container with that container setting in a saucer. A lot of mm. times you do. Mine is in, in heavy shade, okay. uh, and it also gets watered every other day. Yeah. That's in the, it's in the secret Religiously, garden. Religiously, yes. Yeah, and okay. it's all those beds, and they're elevated. They're v- they drain like sieves. Yeah. You know? mm. 
the blend that I had mixed was, you know, had a lot of sand in it, has just a little bit of clay. Uh, and it's great for the perennials and everything pretty much loves it, mm-hmm. you know, except it dries quickly. So in, I need another year because I just built that bed, those that whole garden last yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, it needs another two or three years of root development before I'll be able you to go four or five it, yeah. days, yeah. you know, between waterings. Yeah. So. You know, um, here's a, well, we have a minute or less, but real quick, maybe for after the hour. Here's a good example of how you need to discern where you get your information. Winter Daphne, right? So I'm double checking the zone and it says seven to eight. And I'm like, no, that's not correct. It's a winter Daphne. They would have named it summer Daphne. <laughs> Recheck and uh, it's uh, zone four and up. And of course, I emailed Jim and Kenneth or, or text and was like, um, "So what? What do y'all say?" And Jim's like, "Even down to a four. Yeah. So yeah. that's where you need to discern where you get your information to, and not some of the. And this was on the, this was on the tag of the shrub. That but you the reason no, it's called winter daffy because it blooms in the winter it has nothing to do with its hardiness. Yeah, yeah. But drainage you. is key. I've killed. Mm-hmm. One I know of, maybe possibly two. <laughs> I've got one in full sun and one in full shade. Well, not deep shade. The full sun one's nice. It's so nice, but the one in the shade's like, thank you very much. Yeah. I like this better. I would want to protect them here from the hottest afternoon yeah. sun. No, and no, I, no. I'm letting it bake just yeah. mostly because I kind of want exper- to. That's when you are called experimenting with things. And, and I know we got to go, <laughs> but I, let me say this real quick. You know, it seems like anytime I'm, I'm selling a shrub to a customer, um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell them how to plant the thing, dig the hole just as deep, twice as wide, amend the soil, all that stuff. Green side up. The green side up. But it seems like I'm always saying. <laughs> Uh, and make sure that you have good drainage. You know, and it's like I'm saying that on every shrub yeah. that we that we plant around here. Right. Yeah, and so that's in terms of not Yeah, let's talk about that when we come back because that's yeah. difficult for a lot of people to understand. Yep. That's and, true. Uh, yeah, let's talk about drainage. That'd be a good subject. Yes, that's very true. Okay, we're going to take a break. Y'all give us a call about your gardening questions. If you want to talk more about Container Garden, go ahead and give us a call, 901 260 5926. This is Mid South Gardening on the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at mighty990.com. Hello, friends. Todd Starnes here, and I want to invite you to my annual Faith and Freedom Celebration at Truett McConnell University. Join me and my very special guest, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, as we celebrate America and raise much-needed scholarship funds for Truett McConnell. Our Faith and Freedom Celebration is a once-in-a-lifetime moment to meet some of the top newsmakers and decision-makers in the nation. Tickets are selling fast, so make your reservations right now, September 24th at Truett McConnell University. Go to truett.edu. When it comes to fresh, you can always taste the difference. That's why at FarmView Market, you'll always find 100% grass-fed beef. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure pasture-raised grass-fed beef. And that care and devotion goes into all of our products at FarmView Market. Taste the difference yourself by visiting farmviewmarket.com. Carryout and curbside services are still available. FarmView Market, farm-to-table fresh, always. farmviewmarket.com. 
America has a new choice for fair and balanced news. ToddStarns.com. Journalism you can trust. From some of the best reporters and opinion writers in the business, ToddStarns.com takes you to the front lines of the culture war, defending faith, freedom, and your family. ToddStarns.com also features exclusive interviews with America's top newsmakers like Mike Huckabee, Franklin Graham, and Newt Gingrich. Find out why millions of Americans read ToddStarns.com every day. It's news you can trust. ToddStarns.com. Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes. America is in a funk, and that's why I wrote our daily biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. It's a collection of inspirational and encouraging and hilarious stories about exceptional Americans who are doing good deeds, stories about faith and family, God and country. I do have hope for America because my hope is not based on a political party. My hope is built on a much higher power. Our daily biscuit, it's a buttermilk biscuit for the soul. Good morning, gardeners. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. If you have gardening questions, give us a call, 901-260-5926. Yes, ma'am. And, of course, you can go to KUAMRadio.com and see everything you want to see there and hear us. And then uh, the Mighty 990 Facebook page. And then, uh, y'all, we were talking about drainage a second ago, how invariably I just say, you know, you need good drainage mm-hmm. with this plant. And it seems like I catch myself thinking, okay, we need good drainage on all these plants right. that we're planting. I know, and there's so many levels. Talking about trees and shrubs. Right, yeah. and that's because everything that you want to plant is not normally grow, doesn't normally grow in clay. And True. we have right. clay-based yes. right. soil around here. Native, you got no problem. You can loosen the soil, don't have to amend it, slap it in the ground, hardly on water the, it, yep. and it's mm-hmm. going to take off. Yeah, yeah like a holly. Yeah. You know, and if you know, it's just it lacks, at least to a lot of people, it lacks the wow factor that yeah. you want. You know, I, yeah, I like tropicals. I like you know unusual flowers. I like to see if I can yeah. grow it. You know, yeah. I don't mind growing it for a season if it doesn't return. Mm-hmm. Well, then I know I've learned from right, that. Right. You know, but you know when we talk about drainage, drainage is really the length of time that water sits on the roots. Okay, mm-hmm. now I don't care how deep a hole you were to dig here in Memphis; it you'd have to go way down before you got through that clay. Yeah. Okay, so you're not going to. You're not creating a benefit by digging a three-foot hole when you only need to dig a 12-inch hole deep. We don't want to dig any deeper than the container because that limits how much water that can be held in that bowl Mm, you just dug. And the other reason is we tell people always plant them high. You mean with the root ball sticking up out of the... Above the ground, even if it's an inch. Nowadays, you got to clarify that. Right. An inch or two, depending on the type of plant. But what that does is when we get three inches of rain... Which we could get next week because of the hurricane coming up. Exactly. That bowl will fill up with water, okay? But you still have something sticking out of the ground in the air. Mm -hmm. And that air is crucial for a lot of plants. If it stays totally submerged for some plants a very short yeah. period of time, they right. die. Right. They got to have air. Mm-hmm. So, so the general rule of thumb is dig the hole just as deep as the root ball, go twice as two wide. Two to three times as wide. Dig it like a bowl. Yeah. Okay. You want it tapered up and out. Yeah. You also want to rough it up on the sides. Yeah. The bottom could be flat and then you taper. The bottom can be taper flat. Taper the sides. Right. Uh, that way. 
you know, because the roots have been driven down in the container. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they were grown in a field, they would be much shallower and much right. wider. So we want those roots mm-hmm. to return to that natural growth. So by planting them like that, when they hit the sides of that hole you dug, they start moving upwards. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's and that's why it takes a couple of years to get those roots up to the surface where there's more air available mm-hmm. and. They're well established enough right. to take care of themselves. And then, as far as amending the soil, you're not replacing not your clay. Because a lot of people say, you know, I don't want this clay, it's too heavy. They take that clay that you dug out of that hole, throw it away, yes. and replace it with a garden soil, potting soil, topsoil, whatever. Bad mojo happens when you do that. <laughs> Amazing. See, you would think <laughs> just the opposite. You would think, right. man, this is good, loose, rich soil that I'm just going to fill this hole up with. These roots will have a great time growing through this. No, they'll just go round and round and round in there, and you'll have a mess. Okay, and it'll choke itself out and right. can't uh, grow properly. I may have told this story before, but there was a case up in a nor- in one of the northern states, and and they planted trees in the medians of the street. Well, <coughs> forty years or so after they were planted, those all those trees began to die, hmm. and they named a disease for it, called it maple decline. Yeah. And they blamed it on on the fumes from cars, all kinds of stuff. But the unusual thing was the same trees, type trees planted in people's yards weren't dying. Yeah. Well, they went back and found that the guy who planted them did exactly what the designer told him to do. Dig the hole, remove all the soil, replace it. It took 40 oh. years, but those roots finally circled around in that thing and choked. they began to choke themselves mm. to death. So, you know, it was, I'm not sure if you call that murder or suicide. Right. But it's, That's, you know, uh, <laughs> but no they started dying and they said they'd pop out like popsicles. Wow. You know? Oh, my goodness. And that happens. You know, we so, see this a lot on new houses where we get post hole syndrome, where yeah. a couple of years down the road, that plant that you're paying for for 30 years is beginning to go backwards on you. And it's because it has filled up that little hole that they dug for. Yeah. Yeah, so you're, so don't replace your native soil. No. Add some amendments to that right. native soil. And that's soil. just to help them get established yeah. over the next few years because if you put any kind of organic matter in there in three years, it's gone. Right. You know, when I dig shrubs up that need to be moved, you can see where the original root ball was in the container, and then you see at the top surface where the roots grew out. Right. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Make this fun. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com promo code STARNS. The 
garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Good morning and welcome back to our second hour of Mid-South Gardening. I'm Veda with Palladio Garden. Yeah, and I'm Kenneth Mabry with uh, Dan West Garden Centers. And I'm Jim Crowder, retired nurseryman and administrator of our Facebook group, Mid-South Gardening. Great Facebook group, I'm Thank telling you. you. Enjoy it. Uh, if you want to give us a call this morning, uh, 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. And, of course, you can go to KWAM, KWAMradio.com. And a lot of people go to the Mighty 990 uh, Facebook page and shoot us a text or a comment or whatever you want to do. You yep. know what I forgot <clears throat> to comment on in our first hour where we were talking about the temperature and the watering and all that. And I've had people ask me this before, and I think this will be a good discussion. Does plants feel the heat index? If it's 95, does it feel 105? The answer is no. Oh, no. So, oh, the question was, do plants feel the heat index? You know, like no. if we're 95 degrees and it's 107 outside the heat index, does, is a plant The heat index is totally more? based on you. Okay. On humans. <laughs> on human heat loss yeah. or heat retention due to the outside air temperature. Oh, is, but and the heat so, index... It, it couldn't be adverse. Okay, could no. make it more of now, an adverse environment for the plant. We, we need to go a little further, though. The surface temperature of a plant can get much hotter than the air temperature, because just like a car. I mean, it will absorb heat. I got you. Okay. Okay. The, the darker leaf, the, the leaves can. Right. The, leaf. the darker the foliage, <laughs> the hotter it can get if it's in direct sun. So you could, in theory, have a plant that, particularly if it's not. Uh, normally grown in this area that mm-hmm. could burn the tissue could actually burn from the sun would that be like red maple uh, japanese maple uh, well, similar theirs is mm-hmm. a lot from from water loss mm-hmm. also not being able to replace and what, the water. what about like a camellia that's um, in too much it's sun? not really an issue there because most camellias are grown in the shade yeah most broadleaf evergreens but are that's what i'm saying but they still burn though if they're in too much sun it, right? particularly if you move one from where yeah. it was into a, a different because you know, we and we I talk about this a lot because it's so important. The, the the there's a layer on top of the leaves called the the cuticle layer, and it's mm-hmm. it's not cells; it's just a waxy covering. Mm-hmm. And that the thickness of that layer depends on how much sun it's getting. If it's mm-hmm. lots and lots of sunlight, that layer is quite thick, so it can mm-hmm. prevent that foliage from being burned. Because right. it in, adapted, right? Right. Okay. In the shade, it's a much thinner layer, so. And, and on a tree, the outside leaves have thicker, the inside leaves have thinner. Mm-hmm. That's why you see if you top a tree in the middle of the summer, mm-hmm. it will cook the foliage down. That's not it. used to or right. not acclimated to that. Right. My neighbors took out all their healthy trees in the oh. middle of the summer. Okay? Oh, they had a whole yuck. bunch of them in the front yard. They took mm-hmm. them all out, which changed my backyard from mostly shade to full oh, sun. Oh, Thank you goodness. so much. And I had a beautiful, yeah. large, big-leaf magnolia back mm-hmm. there that it cooked the foliage yeah. off of in the middle of the summer. It made one last effort the following spring to mm-hmm. come out, but it just didn't store enough Ooh. carbohydrates to get it going. I, so I wouldn't it even failed. thought that. I know, but it just mm-hmm. it cooked it and a lot of other stuff in my backyard. Yeah. So it became now a sun garden. Well, um, I guess that's like taking a tender baby outside and throwing it in full sun. It'll burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just no so, better. Now, okay, but, so. but so, I mean, what at some point, you know, I mean, let's say uh, a typical azalea, for example, 
We know that azaleas do best in high shade around here, just mm-hmm. the old traditional azaleas. Right. Some morning sun, afternoon filter sun, high shade, model sun, right? But if you take that same azalea and you put it out there in full sun, it'll grow there. It just won't be happy there it because be happy, and it will. Some of the foliage will burn initially, but it will be replaced with correctly, with with the, that waxy layer correctly thick enough to prevent sunburn on that foliage. Well, so will it thicken up, or does it have to shed it and grow another one? Well, the new leaves come out will adapt, okay. and, and that was that was my point though. But I mean. But that plant would never be as happy there no, as it would be in the shade right. where it really needs to be and wants to be. That's right. But you you're saying grow, you can grow a lot of plants where they don't normally grow, right. but they're not going to perform like yeah. they should. So right. nurserymen like it when you do that because we can sell more product. Right. <laughs> house, house plants are notorious about doing this. Yes. Yeah? Weeping figs, the, that plant reacts quicker than any plant I have ever seen. You can move it from one side of a window to the mm-hmm. other. And it senses that change in light. The ficus tree. Right. And it yeah. starts shedding internal leaves and starts putting on new ones that are adapted to what you yeah. did. And then you move it to the other side of the <laughs> the, the window again, and it goes, oh, crap, yeah. and has to drop those leaves. And then it doesn't like the way you water it then. Yeah. So yeah, they the way are, you look aren't at Aren't they it? The, the fiddle leaf fig or just no, the, any fig, No, really? the fiddle leaves aren't as bad. They'll mm-hmm. retain their foliage usually and move. Yeah. And but the, in, inside, there's such slow growers usually yeah. uh, that it's not an issue with those and and the a rule of thumb is the bigger the foliage the better house plant it is mm-hmm. because it can absorb mm-hmm. more light mm-hmm. okay now what about the people that you know a house plant is a tropical plant somewhere right um, so a lot of people in the spring would take all of their or most of their house plants outdoors and uh, and just let them grow outdoors and bring them back inside yeah. in, in the fall. Uh, but we also see where a lot of people that take them outdoors put them in way too much yeah. sun. They can. Uh, and, and you get a burn oh, from that. You I know? see that all the time. I see this lady do this all the time. And she's just taking them out and frying sun. And then they die out. And then I'm going for a walk. And she says, why are they dying? I'm going, well, hostas in full sun and spathophyllium in full sun. They don't grow in full sun. Right. No. And so don't take them out of your house and just roast them. So never. And then you can slowly acclimate it. But you do, if you're going to bring them back in, that's not a good choice. I know. You this is a hard in, one. In the, basically, the lowest light area you've got, if that's what you've had them, if you've had them inside. Yeah. The best thing is leave them where they're at. Mm-hmm. That way they go through the seasonal changes that mm-hmm. they're used yeah. to. Where, where they are. In, right. in the living room, dining room, wherever. Exactly. Right. Now, I've t- taken stressed out houseplants put them outside you know in the shade in our shade area and they're happier rec- yeah. yeah so they recover great and they uh, take them back inside i know and that's what i wait till the last minute to get them inside so that means they just have a little bit of time to suffer <laughs> before they go back outside <laughs> well i mean but it is a thing and but you know it, a lot of times, and some things that can be confusing, let's say if you just buy a typical shrub, a distillium, for example, and you look at the tag, a lot of these tags are so universal right. from the growers. Yeah. Where, oh, yeah. where, you know... Don't it, believe a word it, on them. Exactly. <laughs> it it might be okay to grow mm-hmm. this thing in full sun in Michigan, yeah. but it's not okay to grow this, this same plant 
<laughs> in full sun here in the mid south. Memphis is full sun <clears throat> for six hours. Memphis, Memphis. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's what we consider. You, full you know, sun, a full yeah. sun environment is a pretty brutal environment, believe it or not, even for plants. Now, some of them love the full sun. Don't get me wrong, but just make sure you know where to plant your plant. When it says full sun, filtered sun, or shade, it's really important that you know where to put this shrub. There again, if you put it where it doesn't want to be, mm-hmm. whether it gets not enough sun or too much sun, it's never going to be a healthy plant. And actually, your house plants aren't suffering inside for that amount of time. In our building, <clears throat> the light situation was pretty low. Now, how we'd, the house plants would hang in there nice. You just wanted to get them moved out quicker. So I put grow lights on the shelves and in the the lamps. I would put grow lights in them, the really cool old ones that hang down. I put grow lights underneath the shelving unit with cactus and all, and the plants are much more flush. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so and what about that, grow, using grow lights on typical house plants in the wintertime? I mean, oh, most yes. people don't Excellent do idea. it. Uh, you, but a lot of yeah. plants do suffer through the winter because they're not just getting enough. And the thing yeah. is, is people think they're mm-hmm. ugly, but you can use the grow lights in your lampshades because we use them in all the antique lights. I have some LED strip lights that, you know, work great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I have this floor stand um, work light with two bright, you know, Whoa. that you can't look at, yeah. thousand watt, whatever. <laughs> and I turn those on during the day on the plants that are farthest back in the garage. Is that in yeah, okay? You, the garage because you don't garage. have that hanging out right. by your recliner. I have, a, I have an insulated garage, so <laughs> yeah. it. You know, and hold on, is that where your plants stay, Jim? During the winter time, mm-hmm. yes. And why though? But, but well, because I don't want to bring. I got so many, you know. I've got big oleanders and pots. I don't want to bring them inside. I got you. you know, I got so you. they have to stay out in the garage. So we, we a few years back, decided, you know, the plants in the house collect dust really bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we have dogs. You know, you're going to have dust. So um, so yeah, the plants we, that you have outdoors growing in containers that are in, tropical by nature, you yeah. want to protect them, of course. Right. They go into, into the, the garage. And, and in some of them, I go, nah, just leave them out. Let them freeze. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Poor things. Yeah. And that's why we have nurseries. And do you have mm-hmm. grow lights? Do you use grow lights at all on the inside of the house? Or are those plants, they're fine. No, they're going to make There it. are no plants inside the house. Gotcha. Yeah. Except, oh, well, other than table color. You know, mm. we bought a little Kalancho, okay, but Kalanchoe, yeah. or however you want to pronounce mm. it, um, a couple of weeks ago that was just a little yellow one. This is beautiful. So it sits on the kitchen table until it just gets looking ugly. Yeah. And then I got you. Uh, then we let it die. All right. Then so no houseplants really in the house. That's correct. But, you know, but there again, though, if you've got a houseplant in your living room and it's, it's doing fine, because I've never used a grow light on my houseplants in the house, mm-hmm. even in the wintertime. But now, if I was going to put all my house plants from outdoors into a garage, then I think I would be forced to use you, some you kind of artificial light. I have light. a window in there, and plus mm-hmm. I have windows mm-hmm. on my garage door. So it gets some light, but it's not, you know, it doesn't get the whole garage. So I got you. No, I have then, to, don't they need longer light in the winter anyway? Well, a longer amount? Sh- longer than it would get in a garage. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. My, the windows in the garage door face south. So I get if anything I set right there where the sunlight comes mm-hmm. through. Is, they're fine without a light right. because they're getting plenty. Right. Uh, even though you know the the 
the downside is the glass filters out some of the wavelengths that you really need. Yeah. So they'll do better under a grow light, right. but they will live through the winter. Do you like it. the full spectrum light or do you go a yellow or I no, think reds? For, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's a yellow con, there's a red con, there's a blue, there's a mix. So just full spectrum yeah. is the best for that. Um, well, we're going to run to another break. Y'all need to give us a call. We can talk more about house plants because they're awesome. We've got lots of topics coming up. So give us a call on the break at 901-260-5926. Thank you. Bring cloud. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More of Mid-South Gardening coming up on the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com. No matter where you're going, take along Brim's snack foods to make your day even tastier. Cheese puffs, cheese curls, cracklins, cheddar fries, popcorn, pork rinds, potato chips, tortilla and corn chips, and so much more. Family owned and operated, Brim's has been serving communities for almost 40 years. And their delicious snacks have been sold throughout the South. Brim's snack foods. Life is so delicious. Hello friends, Todd Starnes here, and I want to invite you to my annual Faith and Freedom Celebration at Truett McConnell University. Join me and my very special guest, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, as we celebrate America and raise much-needed scholarship funds for Truett McConnell. Our Faith and Freedom Celebration is a -a once-in-a-lifetime moment to meet some of the top newsmakers and decision-makers in the nation. Tickets are selling fast, so make your reservations right now, September 24th at Truett McConnell University. Go to truett.edu. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the Biblical Stage Adventure. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by more than one million people, the original stage production is now playing for the first time ever in Branson, Missouri. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Branson, Missouri. More information is available at sight-sound.com. America has a new choice for fair and balanced news. ToddStarns.com. Journalism you can trust. From some of the best reporters and opinion writers in the business, ToddStarns.com takes you to the front lines of the culture war, defending faith, freedom, and your family. ToddStarns.com also features exclusive interviews with America's top newsmakers like Mike Huckabee, Franklin Graham, and Newt Gingrich. Find out why millions of Americans read ToddStarns.com every day. It's news you can trust. ToddStarns.com. Good morning and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. If you have gardening questions, give us a call, 260-5926. Got a lot of topics to cover. And um, we were talking about, what do you want, a pen? Do you want the paper? No, no, just just my my pen back. Oh, your pen. Okay, there we go. All right, we were talking about a lot of stuff, actually. Uh, House plants. Okay, But how important it is, though, for plants to get the proper light, whether it's more light that they need or is not so much light that they mm-hmm. need and if you love house plants okay you're gonna be my situation i think i had so much garden furniture and house plants on my patio that it cracked the patio down below us Lord. <laughs> we look down I, i'm just being facetious you know but look down the patio below us is cracked and i'm thinking okay and this is like a balcony yeah, yeah yeah the balcony and so that's the second floor and i'm on the third floor i have to take all all 
all of my house plants and containers or not have but you know elephant ears the sedum pot uh the patio furniture mm-hmm. the tools in the house there's no garage to put it in mm-hmm. uh take so they can check to see if there's a crack and i thought wait a minute i'm complaining that i have to bring all my stuff inside so they're going to keep my uh Balcony, balcony from, from sliding yeah. off the the building yeah. and i'm mad at them because this is a plant thing but anyway the house plants get to go and go inside a little sooner at this moment and they're definitely not going to be happy well i have seen some beautiful balconies before i'm telling mm-hmm. you in fact one of the young ladies that work at danwest garden centers uh sweet as she can be she uh, and her, her uh, mother live in a townhouse with a balcony and they uh got the artificial turf and put it down and they've got, mm-hmm. you know, the lighting in the, uh, yeah. on, in and, and around and on this uh, balcony. And then all of the green color, uh, the plants. I mean, it looks like a rainforest, yeah. but it's beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's just a balcony is all it is. It's their outdoor yeah. living space is what yes. it is. You can do a lot. You can do vertical. You can hang things over the balcony. And um just have a good time. Make blocks you can plant that, like my elephant ears, are planted in a container sitting up high, and they're fanned out, and they block that morning sun. And I gotta say in. this: uh, there was some fertilizer, uh, I think maybe an organic fertilizer that was she she was using. When you added water to it, it almost turned like a black color. So when she was watering her plants, mm-hmm. you know, on her balcony. A lot of this excessive moisture would drip yeah. down to the balcony below oh, her, no. and it was like this black, oily, tar-like <laughs> substance. <laughs> oh, so she no. did get a phone call, you know, from the people that were from below her. So she started using another, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, liquid plant food uh, that she mixed with water that yeah. wasn't as dark. It's colorful, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. As colorful as it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, I have, you know, like the Back to Nature blend, that if you mixed a little too much of that with your uh, regular soil, yeah. the the humic acid and all, isn't that what's leaching out? Little, what's that color? Uh, a little leftover in my uh, my little garden wagon, and it's it is, it is black. Yeah, I mean, it's oh. been in there about two weeks with the rain. Oh, uh, so, so now you can pull the wagon around, and fertilize your yard. Yep, with that, gonna dump it out probably tomorrow. And then um, the heat stress. The heat stress is something that. You may see later than you know, now. Well, Jim, tell you go, us about you go talk the heat about, um, I guess, when we get back from the yeah, break. Yeah, we got a caller over there. Let's take that, and we'll talk about the heat stress when we come back after the 30-minute break. Oh, my goodness. I saw it. It went away, and now it's back. I'm glad y'all told me. Alan, good morning, Alan. You're in the Mid-South Garden. Hey, guys. Hey, Alan. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Hey, a dual role this morning. Alan is our wonderful producer. You know, and he's also got questions because he's a gardener. I'm looking at y'all through the glass, and I'm just having fun. Thinking I love about this. it. I moved into I moved in to an apartment this week. Oh, congratulations! And I have a balcony. Mm-hmm. Yay! And I'm wanting to grow some stuff on it. Cool. And I know y'all have some experience with bonsai trees. No, yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to try and get a bonsai tree soon. And here's the deal: my balcony faces west, mm. so Ooh, I'm wondering a lot of sun. if I'm getting that afternoon evening sun. What is that going to do to any trees that I try and get? Well, if you're using proper ones, and in this case, I would probably use, um, if you're going to get one that's going to stay outside, 
maybe a Zalkova or a, um, a Juniper of some type, and they'll take that. Okay, the, the you mean fire. they'll take all that that sun, yeah. gem, yeah. yeah, a Zelkova oh, or a juniper? You yeah. said the juniper though likes sun year round. It's not mm-hmm. as necessary on your deciduous plants. So as the sun drops in the sky, you're going to get less and less sunlight in there. Uh, you'll have to move it to the north side, north end of your patio to get the maximum amount of sunlight. Uh, and and it should be fine. Okay, with just four or five hours to get it through the winter. So, uh, or you need to, on the outside or on the inside of your patio, but on the perimeter, plant some elephant ears to make some shade, and then it can shade your bonsai yeah. so you can have different ones. I got a feeling y'all are going to be getting a lot more questions from me soon. <laughs> Love it. And All I fa- right. I, I, I made a mistake and told him I was president of the Bonsai Society. Yes. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. It's a perfect thing to have, really. Okay, run to a break. We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. If you have a gardening question, give us a call, 901-260-596. Yeah, and we want to welcome uh, our uh, Greenville, Mississippi affiliate now, WNIX. Uh, AM 1330 and FM 101.1 welcome you to Mid-South Gardening and, and uh, we appreciate you listening and joining us and, um, and who's the other affiliate Jim? The other one is our Chattanooga affiliate Nuga Radio and that's 92.7 FM in Chattanooga Okay Perfect. so we say Nuga Radio I love that one and Greenville, Mississippi what's that one called? Winex? Yeah, uh, W-N-I-X <laughs> I like it to have a name like Nuga How'd they get that? Yeah, and of course, you're listening to KWAM, and you can go to KWAMradio.com, or you can go to the Mighty 990 Facebook page and shoot us a text and shoot us a comment and see Miss Veda right there, uh, front and center. We'll read those off and give you an answer to them. And we've got David. Good morning. Thanks for calling us this morning, David. Good morning. Good morning, gang. Hey, Dave. What's going on, buddy? Well, first of all, uh, if hell is like this, I better straighten up quick. That's Isn't that the dang <laughs> truth? I'm telling you. I was t- I was talking to a guy yesterday in the garden center, and I said, you know, overall we've had actually had a decent summer. Agreed. Yes. I said, but it's really hard for me to say this right now because the last two weeks is really all I remember. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, I I I heard you guys. I don't know that I missed you because I'm I'm getting ready to do some yard work, so I may have. Um, before you went to break, you were talking about natural weed killer. Well, I want to get be on the plus side of what I got. Um, it's vinegar, mm-hmm. it's salt, and what am I missing? Vinegar, Dawn detergent. Salt. Yeah, detergent. Uh, but now, I'm going to be honest, it works great on the crack. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe one or two applications. Maybe That's the salt. The most- no, no. No, that's mostly the salt yeah. and the cracks that makes oh, it work. Oh, okay, okay. So, 
that worked very, very well. Now, Dave, um, you, when you mentioned vinegar, we're talking about just vinegar that's in your kitchen cabinet, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I don't get the twenty percent. I don't get the yeah. I the get horticulture, five percent or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So just regular yeah. everyday vinegar, salt, and uh, soap, I guess, and water. Yeah, and you yeah. mix this, and we'll, we're going to talk more about this in the uh, in the next hour. But you go out there and you'll just spot treat or spray the weeds uh, that are growing in the cracks of the sidewalk. That's that's correct. And, and I've been doing that for now two, three years. It works great. Like I said, one or uh, today, this year, um, I've, they're, they're, they're starting to grow back now. And that's yeah. the beginning of the season. So yeah. a little bit, but not all of them. Gotcha. And it doesn't work on all the weeds, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, because my neighbor, I don't know what kind of weed she has in her <laughs> well, She gets the problem all along. Uh, I know, that's right. But unfortunately, you know, <laughs> usually... That's an important point right there, that it didn't work on all the and weeds. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that, Dave. That's right. <laughs> but okay, but now, now, let me say let me say this, and I'll let you go. So I tried it on this, this, this person, my neighbor, who I'm trying to cut her yard yeah. on the fence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all it did for that grass, we, well, mostly grass, was just laugh at it. Mm. Did nothing. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Just laugh. I okay. gotcha. All right. Well, we'll, all we'll right. clarify well, all of that, Dave. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one, man. You too, Thank buddy. You. Stay cool, David. We were going to go over homemade herbicides yeah, around Yeah, we're, we're going to do 30. that in the end. Yeah, around the yeah, it's only seven nine thirty Eastern time. Um, we're going to talk about that, but right now we're going to talk a little bit about heat stress on plants um, and how it manifests itself different ways on different plants. And not to mention humans, but we're talking about plants yeah, for right. a moment, this right? Is heat stress. Yeah. Okay. Um, heat stress is caused from a couple of things: one, insufficient soil moisture; mm-hmm. uh, high temperatures, and wind okay all of these affect how quickly that plant loses moisture and And it loses it typically through the foliage through the foliage now some plants like japanese maples they really like to be planted about louisville kentucky Mm. okay they don't like areas where the soil temperature gets above 70 degrees which ours does when they get to that point, and a lot of plants do this, they go into sort of a self-defense mode, and they stop <coughs> taking water in from the roots. And by doing that, it slows the water loss in the foliage. Hold on. How can that be a self-defense defense It's trying mode, to hang on to water it in anticipating drought. Because mm-hmm. ah, it's feeling okay. it already. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And plants are, have one-track minds. They can do one thing. They can focus on insects, or they can focus on growth. They can focus on seed production, mm-hmm. um, or they can focus on hanging on to water. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's pretty much all they do then. Well, they with, talk. Yeah, with Japanese maples, because that happens, they have such thin foliage. You begin to get little spots and crispy edges, and you and see that, like that especially this time of right. year. Right, and yeah. it's perfectly normal because we're growing them in. In our environment, and people, okay. a lot of people think it's a fungus out there. Something's right. wrong with my maple. A lot of times, or that they watered it and got it right. in the foliage, which okay. is not true. It doesn't okay. burn the foliage. Okay, so th- it's just perfectly normal. It's called sun scald, and it will next year come out look beautiful, and then next summer it'll do it again. Gotcha. Okay, so that's one way. Another way is things like panicle hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're seeing the 
internal foliage begin to turn yellow and drop it off. And when you say panicle, you mean things like limelights and little lines. The ones that are summer bloomers in a lot of sun. sun, They'll start losing that internal foliage. And again, that's a self-defense mechanism because it loses loses water through the foliage. Mm -hmm. And this is one least productive tissue because it's up inside the plant for producing food. And by shedding those foliage, it can't lose as much water. That is amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you think about it. Yeah. That's one way. The other thing that you'll see, and we see this a lot, particularly on azaleas, particularly white azaleas. In in the fall, we'll see them start shedding internal foliage. A lot of yellow leaves. Some some more, some years more than others. That's right, and it depends on how much soil moisture, air temperature. These are all contributing factors as to whether or not how quickly you see that. A lot of people will have azaleas for twenty years and never realize it. Then one year they'll see, oh my gosh, my azaleas are dying. Yeah. Yeah. Not. It's just reacting to those the current environment. Okay, so that's the things you have to be concerned about: is wind, your soil moisture, and the type of plant you got. Okay, and again, some plants the foliage can get quite hot. You know, mm-hmm. I have black elephant ears, and because they put on little foliage and then bigger foliage mm-hmm. and bigger foliage, a right. lot of times this time of year I see the younger stuff in the bottom start to burn off. Mm. Okay perfectly normal mm-hmm. so don't because panic. of the heat no right and, and, and yeah. yeah yeah and plants right now are starting to go into that carbohydrate storage time so that they're packing away enough food to make makes um, bud production possible next year you know even with deciduous trees you know they store carbohydrates and you don't get bud break until those carbohydrates start moving up through mm-hmm. that plant and get to those buds to make that happen well i've also right. noticed on the tree in my front yard the tulip poplar that i have yet to cut down right that during periods of really hot hot dry conditions i i'm i'm getting a good bit of leaf drop yeah um, you know, I mean, almost like fall type leaf drop. And, you know, uh, possibly our, our root system has been a little bit higher because it's rained so that's much. That's right. We have we have a very shallow root system here just because of our clay soil. Mm. Okay. Mm. So that top inch of soil dries very rapidly. So you'll see this stress in the plants. Think about river birches. I mean, they shed stems and everything yeah. this time yeah. of year. They yeah. just get nasty. River. Yeah, river. Dust. <laughs> yeah. Grows yeah. by them. Lots of water. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. But, but now some plants, I guess, can tolerate heat uh, better than others. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for, you know, like whether it's junipers and cryptomerias, it seems like, the, you know, the needled evergreens can really take that heat. Uh, Some talking, can. We're yes. talking about these established plants. Right, you know, uh, but... But broadleaf shrubs, you're saying, I mean, they take the heat also, yeah, but you could... deciduous plants are pretty good about taking... Deciduous yeah. means no leaves. It right. loses its leaves in the winter. Yeah. But it's know, not uncommon to have some leaf drop even in, going internal on Internal particularly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, there's some needled evergreens like Colorado blue spruce, I mean, you know, I know of a few successful grown ones around here that have been yeah, on the ground a long too. time. Not a lot. I'm going to say that probably 90% of them die within the first year or two. Well, yeah. Do you think it's worth, Jim, uh, spraying, or Veda, mm-hmm. spraying uh, like cloud cover or, um, you know, wilt proof uh, on certain plants in the spring to help them cope with the summer. I mean, I've never done it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just and throwing I, it out there. Just yeah, but, I, but yeah. I, I guess if you've got plants that, that are indigenous to this area, 
uh, that typically grow around here. I mean, they're going to make it through the summer, you know, yeah. if they're if you're taking care of them. Um, like, for instance, a Daphne that right, likes it colder. The, the downside of that is they do exactly what they're supposed to do. They seal the plant up. That cooling process is important, okay? Mm-hmm. To lose some of that heat is comes out through that water that they go through the leaves, and you seal that up. And so you can actually kill the plant by doing that. So if you're going to move it, you know, in the fall or something, it's a good idea yeah. to, 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 to do that, that help hold prior that to moving it. Right. Okay. But as far as a Summer preventative, yeah. I'd be a little bit leery. Yeah, yeah. I really would. Yeah, because that's a good thought because we can do it in the wintertime. But not in the summertime. During the wintertime, you know, a, a horticultural oil or a mm-hmm. cloud cover can help give you winter protection, mm-hmm. particularly on gardenias, mm-hmm. things things that have green stems. Okay, that are tender. Potential. They lose water by the wind just as like yeah. foliage does. Okay, it's not like it's corky and protected. So that's why we get a lot of freeze damage is mm-hmm. because that stem can lose moisture. And again, when the soil temperature drops below forty five degrees, plant don't want to take in water anymore. They yeah. just stop again as mm-hmm. that self-defense mechanism to hold right. on to that water. And when it does that, then the wind continues to suck the moisture out of it, and you get the canes dying back. Okay, it's the point that you know we saw so much damage on things like hydrangeas and gardenias last year and even year before Think last about indian hawthorn we saw it yeah. here yep. killed to the snow line yep mm-hmm. you know yeah. and if we hadn't had snow it'd been killed to the ground right yep. and, right. A, lot of, and exactly. a lot of more and yeah. a lot more too well with the hydrangea losing the leaves in the middle i've been able to have that not happen because it's in a container and i set the container in a saucer oh yeah so when it finally cools down a little bit at night is that called cooling it's the water's of Available to take it up. I don't have a lot in the saucer, but just enough to give it a little extra when it can take it up. And then it's fine in the morning, and you watch mm. it go through the day, and it's sitting in a saucer, and so it's always staying moist. But that's a lot of work right there, and most of ours are in the ground mm-hmm. anyway. So that's a whole different scenario. And some things like you know our, our mop head hydrangeas. I don't care how much you keep them. You know, if the sun's bearing down mm-hmm. on the middle of the day, they're going to wilt. And that's Which, not where they should be yeah. anyway. Right, that's not. Yeah. But that's just normal because mm-hmm. you have so much tissue that's losing water, it can't replace it fast enough. Wow. Okay. So when the sun goes down, mm-hmm. it catches up. And amazingly, it doesn't damage the leaves. It doesn't. You, you know, because a lot of times too dry. I have too missed. Wet, but it can. It. I mean, if you keep them a little well, on the dry too side, too often. Yeah, yeah right. You know, but I, you know, I, a lot of times I just wait an hour too late, I guess, to go out and water my sun patients, and they look like, oh my gosh, put yeah. cabbage. You know, an hour later they're perfect. They're up. fluffed up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. and of course, uh, when when things go into wilt like that, I always like to mix a little bit of that organic big bloom. Uh, or the Super Thrive, just to add some extra to the soil. But they just come out so fast. And, and they're wilting over, and their leaves are tiny dead yeah, almost. They, they look pitiful. And they flush right back out. But it does come back to, you know, if you're doing, if you're watering the right way, if things are getting adequate moisture, not staying too wet, and you're creating a good root system uh, on these plants, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like we've always said, it, during the dog days of summer, mm-hmm. you know, things are going to look bad. They're going to start looking bad this time of year. 
but you can have some great looking plants out there if you you know if you keep them healthy right exactly and the dog days of summer the name came from the dogs laying in the breezeway back early on when there was a breezeway between the two buildings or the house the dogs would lay there when it was hot summertime so it's the dog days of summer we'll be right back you're listening to mid-south gardening on the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton they are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over a hundred dollars but thanks to our good friend mike lindell 39.99 that's it it's a great deal all you have to do go to mypillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the towels just enter the promo code starns or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials again mypillow.com promo code starns if you're a first responder you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis at liberty university we know the right training can make all the difference for your future so we're proud to offer you a 25 percent discount on our more than 450 online degree programs Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. America is in a funk, and that's why I wrote our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. It's a collection of inspirational and encouraging and hilarious stories about exceptional Americans who are doing good deeds, stories about faith and family, God and country. I do have hope for America because my hope is not based on a political party. My hope is built on a much higher power. Our Daily Biscuit, it's a buttermilk biscuit for the soul. Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. If you have gardening questions, call us 901-260-5926. And earlier I was want, I was saying, oh, Nigger Radio, I love that. But what's WNIX? The Talk of the Delta. The Talk and of the Delta. That's in uh, Greenville, Greenville, Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah, and we do welcome them again. That's uh, AM 1330, FM 101.1. Glad you're joining us. Yeah. Tell your friends and, and tell, tell you know your relatives out and wherever, because they can listen to us. <laughs> All the time out at kwamradio.com. You mean yes. the people out in bum Egypt? Yeah, yeah I'm talking <laughs> about anywhere you yes. can listen to us. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's kwamradio.com. And, of course, you can go to the Facebook page, the Mighty 990. Yeah, and don't, you t- tell them not to get freaked out over the name Mid-South Gardening. We originated here, been on the air here for over 30 years. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but... Really, the problems are all the same. Yeah, you true. Know, yeah, there's some soil differences, some plant mm-hmm. differences, and we can between the three of yeah. us here, we've got we're sure over a hundred years. <clears throat> we're just not really sure how 
long Veda's been in the business because we're not really sure how old she is. No, no one knows. By design. (laughs) By design. But But, but kind of a recap, guys. You know, I mean, we've been talking about proper planting techniques when it comes to trees and shrubs. Uh, heat stress, which is a uh, you know a big thing uh, for humans, but for uh, for shrubs also. Well, of think course. about if a human gets the heat stress, um, doesn't get enough water. What do they do? Why wouldn't your plants do the same? Yeah, you know it's. But I mean, this time of year, you know, you, if you're not paying attention to your watering, you, you're going to have problems. But at the same time, like we mentioned in the first 15 minutes of the show, is also make sure you're not overwatering. And we were also talking about, which is so important, that, you know, since most of us do tend to overwater, uh, is to have good drainage on, on things. That way, you're not going to cure your plant the first time you overwater it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and drainage is a big thing. And then we we're also talking about container-grown plants. But you like to use, especially this time of year, when things start looking a little peaked, uh, you know, a liquid plant food like Fox Farm, Big Bloom, which is a great fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Super Thrive, which has the seaweed in it you're talking about. And worm castings. Yeah, and worm <laughs> castings, uh, you know, which is great uh, to use. But just those things, guys, if you're just paying attention to the small things, it makes life a lot easier uh, when trying to grow these trees and shrubs. Do we have a time to take another caller? I'm not watching. Okay, Pam. Good morning, Pam, and thank you for calling. Yes, thank you. Uh Yes, I, this year I've had a lot of weeds come up in my monkey grass, and I'm just so tired of, of pulling it out. I was wondering, is there any kind of a chemical that I could spray over the monkey grass that wouldn't harm it but would kill the weeds? De- well, this is one time the organic won't work. It depends <laughs> on, when you say weed, Pam, are we talking about a broadleaf weed or a grassy-type weed? A grassy-type weed. Yeah, there's, uh, if you want something ready to use, there's a product called Grass Be Gone that you just spray directly out of the bottle. It kills grassy-type weeds, and it will not hurt your monkey grass. And then there's two other that are concentrates. There's a high-yield grass killer. That's actually what it's called. And then there's a product called Fertilome Over the Top. Those two products you mix with water, uh, they're concentrated, so you mix them up and spray them through a pump-up sprayer. Now, do you have to add a surfactant to those? You do. Okay. Uh, but we'll and talk more about that when we get back from the break. And the surfactor, surfactant is not the Dawn liquid. No. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. We will be right back. When it comes to fresh, you can always taste the difference. That's why at FarmView Market, you'll always find 100% grass-fed beef. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure pasture-raised grass-fed beef. And that care and devotion goes into all of our products at FarmView Market. Taste the difference yourself by visiting farmviewmarket.com. Carryout and curbside services are still available. FarmView Market, farm-to-table fresh, always. farmviewmarket.com. America has a new choice for fair and balanced news. ToddStarns.com. Journalism you can trust. From some of the best reporters and opinion writers in the business, ToddStarns.com takes you to the front lines of the culture war, defending faith, freedom, and your family. ToddStarns.com also features exclusive interviews with America's top newsmakers like Mike Huckabee, Franklin Graham, and Newt Gingrich. Find out why millions of Americans read ToddStarns.com every day. It's news you can trust. ToddStarns.com. The 
garden help you need. Now, Mid-South Gardening, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. We are answering your gardening questions after, no, after the break. Oh, yeah. Can we go to another break now? Because i got to finish eating my peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> we started with peanut butter in my mouth. I thought... Good morning. But you know how that sticks to the roof of your it mouth, and it just problem. makes it hard to talk. I know I'll never do that. Now I probably have peanut butter on my teeth bigger than day. Oh, you're fine. But if you want to give us a call, guys, 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. And, of course, uh, go to Koi, uh, kwamradio.com. Get my peanut butter sandwich and back. you got to love it. kwamradio.com. And, of course, go to Facebook, The Mighty 990. Uh, and you can shoot us a text. And right, because Jim's reading them right now, aren't you? you? See, well, uh, no, I was trying. Your picture disappeared again. So good. I'm not, I'm good. I've got her. No, she's right here. Oh, right right here. I'm not getting her and getting the um, the text. So. Uh-oh, and Jim. Jim, at some point uh, in this hour, uh, the last hour of the show, you're going to talk about some... The homemade weed killers. Yeah. Yeah. Are they delicious? Well, probably not. <laughs> homemade weed killers. Well, you know, yeah. some of those homemade recipes from back in the day by somebody used to write a book about all the Mr. organic. Mr. Jerry Baker, Baker, I'm sure you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. you could drink some of his, maybe. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. yeah. Well, you can drink the uh, slug killer because that's beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, okay, different. Um, concept on companion planting i've got no wait first i wanted to talk about but let me just follow up on that question that the young lady had when we went to the break oh right right um you know she's saying is there a weed killer that you can safely use in monkey Mm, grass to kill uh, weeds and you know first of all she said grassy type weeds and there's one for broadleaf too there are which i want to mention that also but i also want to mention that uh, when we mentioned the the products like Grass Be Gone and High Yield Grass Killer uh, and then Over the Top, those all kill grassy type weeds safely in monkey grass. What it's not going to kill is a grassy looking weed called nutgrass. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I wanted to say. This other product, uh, a product called Image. Image would kill a lot of broadleaf weeds. Image will kill nutgrass if it happens to be nutgrass. Billy should be called nut sedge. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It actually is nut sedge. Because it looks like a grass It does. Most, um, yeah. But, but, uh, but <laughs> image would kill nut sedge, nutgrass, uh, uh, broadleaf weeds, uh, and even some of the grassy type weeds. But what it won't kill is things like Bermuda, you know, growing yeah. in your monkey grass, like the over-the-top and the grass-be-gone products will. So, yes, there are products that you can safely use in monkey grass to kill these different types of weeds without hurting the monkey grass. Yeah, and, and these products that he's talking about for grass, they don't work quickly, okay? And you must have green tissue on them. Can't spray it in the wintertime. Uh, it must be actively growing. And it's going to take 10 days so, for you to see some good results. Well, that's better than going out there like she was saying, going right. out there and hand-picking this you stuff. Know, it's, not, yeah. it's not like an overnight thing. Like, you know, if you go out and spray weed be gone on an onion, you can see damage, you know, before the end of the day. Um, so it's uh, uh, it is slow, but it's very effective. Now the only one downside of them is zoysia. Okay, yeah. zoysia is very tolerant of these products, so right. it will yellow it, but it and it will kill it with multiple applications. Right. But it is a more tenacious than mm-hmm. Bermuda. Yeah, and agreed. thank goodness zoysia is easier to pull out. Yes, it is. I mean, mm-hmm. you're still yeah. pulling, but so. Um, it would have to be moist. I mean, wouldn't your uh, 
dwarf Mondo grass need to be well watered before you spray? Well, I, mean, make a I tell people those? this time of year, when it's hot and dry like it is, I don't care if you're spraying your lawn, yeah. uh, much less spraying your ornamental beds. You want to mm-hmm. make sure everything is hydrated before you spray. Right. And I always say try your best to spray early morning or late in the afternoon. Try not to ever spray during the heat of the day. Man, and I one, don't care what it is. One time we had some dwarf Mondo area that was so full of Bermuda. And so I'm saying, okay, let's just dig it all up and then clean the Bermuda out. And back in the day, that, I mean, that's that almost what you had do. to do. But then I could not get all the Stalins of, of the Bermuda out of the dwarf monkey grass. I didn't think I wanted to put it back in there, so I kind of got stuck with no solution. So um, we just kept killing the Bermuda out, preparing the soil, and then planted it back. And not as much came up, enough to be controlled by the products y'all were talking about. Yeah, those are good products. And and, and be careful. I mean, it gives you a an extensive list of trees, shrubs, ground covers, and ornamentals that you can use directly mm-hmm. on or around. That is if you can read the labels. They yeah. make the words so Yeah, tiny. but that doesn't mean that you can spray it on the top of everything that's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. You have to make sure that it's on the label. If it's not listed, you know, if you, if you want to try it, Pick a place on the back side of the plant, mm-hmm. spray a little tiny limb, mm-hmm. and wait a week and see if you get any discoloration right. from it uh, before you do it. Because I know some of the like blue star juniper, I've had right. it spotted with by spraying over the top. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, grass be gone on yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. most of your blue needled plants, you're yeah. right, you have to be extremely careful with on those type products. Right. Uh, we had, had a pretty thing of eucalyptus growing on the patio in a pot and a wasp nest in a place that i actually found it eyeball to eyeball but anyway in a place that you really can't have a wasp nest so i'm gonna have to do something with it and i sprayed well it hit the eucalyptus right brown leaves spotted leaves yeah. mm-hmm. saddening but at least the wasps are going and, and that's kind of the give and take i mean there are hornet wasp sprays that you can buy mm-hmm. in aerosol cans that shoot out a stream and it does a great job of knocking these wasps down I mean, that's I mean, petroleum mostly that's doing yeah. that. right but, yeah. but you really don't want that on your plant tissue right. whether it's a house plant outdoor plant whatever especially in this heat there are other insecticides, uh, permethrins mm-hmm. and deltamethrins and cyflurians and all those. I mean, they'll kill wasps also, right. but they're not going to knock them down mm-hmm. like a hornet wasp spray will. And mm-hmm. this was like a, a situation of um, the spray moving through the air and getting the plant. I wasn't spraying it on the plant, but it still was blown on mm-hmm. the plant. Oh, sure. But it, that's my point, though. Most mm-hmm. of these things uh, that we're using to kill hornets and wasps or a hornet and wasp killer, typically in an aerosol can, okay. it can burn that foliage yeah. if it gets on it. Now, I have relocated um, wasp nests. Uh, not, oh, see, like I've, not like I've hung them back in the tree or tried to glue them back on a roof somewhere or underneath. But if you spray water on them really good and soak them, their wings are uh, weighted and they fall. Or you've sprayed so much, you know, that they're off but, for a minute. But, and then I grab the wasp nest. But they can still sting it. you guys. Don't. Yeah, but I throw it over in a bush or something and watch them look and look. And I'm, that's saddening to me, actually, that I had to remove their house. Now, but I don't know if they find that one. Probably not. But I didn't. I, I don't know. I just like the challenge yeah, of doing and, it. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to kill wasp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want a wasp yeah. nest 
hanging right above my back exactly. door uh, where, you know, I'm going to get stung, my wife, kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if they're up higher, like, I mean, I can I could care less. Yeah. In fact, I know they're doing good out there. Right. But there are some cases sometimes where you've got to go out there mm-hmm. and kill the wasps that are on that nest or, like Veda said, try to relocate, relocate them. Not going to happen. And it's just saddening. I have a hard time with that. But um, as I've gotten older and can't run as fast, yeah. <laughs> I'm really, or as agile. That's right. Is you that look the for the bottle that has the longest distance. Yes. So it sprays yeah. 40 feet. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And I know we can't go to Mr. Paul right now, but Mr. Paul, every time I think of him, he used to have a canoe that was leaning up mm-hmm. there uh, against the tree. You know, that I'm, I'm sure at one point he would get in this canoe it, and yeah. use it. But I wonder how many wasp nests where it, you know, in Ooh. that thing, every time you walk by, you probably see it buzzing, you know, oh, but we'll I, ask him when we go to him. You know, we did all that specialty printed on boxwoods where you reach in there and you, um, uh, cloud prune, right? Cloud woods. prune. And I'm sorry, I just got a text from my boss. <laughs> I stopped him and had yeah. to read that, but cloud prune and all of that. Well, how many wasp nests did we encounter oh, in boxwoods? Yeah. yeah. So now when I, you go by boxwood even i i'm just kind of like standoffish because i've definitely been whacked by those wasps but but like i said wasps are beneficial i mean there's no doubt about it they're they actually serve a really good purpose but they're in if they're in areas where you just you know can't live with it uh, i i do not mind using that hornet and wasp spray that you shoot right out of the can it'll go up to 20 foot but the beauty like i said of that product is it knocks them down as soon as it hits them which is different than, say, yellow jackets that you find in the ground. Yeah. Okay. Whole another story. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to head to a break. We're answering your gardening questions. After the break, call 901 260 Call with your garden questions now. 844-747-8868. This is Mid-South Gardening. On the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. No matter where you're going, take along Brim Snack Foods to make your day even tastier. Cheese puffs, cheese curls, cracklins, cheddar fries, popcorn, pork rinds, potato chips, tortilla and corn chips, and so much more. Family owned and operated, Brim's has been serving communities for almost 40 years. And their delicious snacks have been sold throughout the South. Brim's Snack Foods. Life is so delicious. Sight and Sound Theaters presents a brand new original stage production. Everyone has a story. All young women are to be taken to the palace. The 
choices we must face. Go to the king. Plead for the lives of your people. At a time that was chosen for us. No one can ever know who you are. What you're about to see is my story. Queen Esther, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters. For tickets, visit sight-sound.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. If you have gardening questions, give us a call, 901-679-3635, or nope, put it on our go, Facebook page. Let's go to 901-260-5926. Yes, let's do that number two. <laughs> 901-260-5926. And, of course, go to kwamradio.com and, or go to the Mighty 990 Facebook page. And I know we'll get to Mr. Paul in just a minute, but also we have a couple of affiliates that Jim likes to talk about. Absolutely. We, um, yes, the Talk of the Delta, WNIX in Greenville, Mississippi, AM 1330 and FM 101.1. Welcome, everybody, from Mississippi. And we have Nuga Radio in Chattanooga, 92.7 FM. Yeah. Appreciate y'all joining us this morning. Check out our Facebook page that yep. Jim has done, and it's fantastic. And Lots if, of great information. And if you go to kwamradio.com, you can see all of our previous or, or listen to all of our previous podcasts. So um, um, thank you very much. Yeah, I know. I listen to a podcast of a radio show for gardening. Oh, it's us. Oh, good. <laughs> I like to hear what we said, you know. We go through so much. Okay, let's go to Mr. Paul. Good morning. Good morning, Veda, Jim, and Kenneth. And good doing? morning to you, Mr. Paul. Friend. And I'm telling you, you know, I, I hate to get on you, Mr. Paul, and I've been trying to bite <laughs> my tongue for the last really six months. I haven't been hearing enough of you. Let me just put it that way. And and I know I shouldn't say this on the air, over the radio, call you out like this, but you've got to get in touch with us a little more often. <laughs> well, I'll try to do better, Kenneth. Yes, sir. I, I, kind of, I listen to y'all every Saturday, but sometime I just sit there and drink another cup of coffee and listen <laughs> because y'all just full of information. No. Something, something else. Y'all, I just want to let y'all know what a great job y'all are doing for the for the horticulture community. Because I was thinking the other day about Chris Gang when she was with the Commercial Appeal. Yeah. And we always had a full page of gardening news. Well, that went away. And then the only thing basically we have left is Mid-South Gardening, as y'all show, to connect all of these people. There's a lot of little different groups of garden clubs and plant societies. But the only thing that we have kind of to connect them through an umbrella is y'all. So we really appreciate what y'all are doing. Well, we appreciate it, Mr. Paul. Yes, sir. Now, what about the canoe? Do you still have the canoe, Mr. Paul, leaning up against the tree? I'm sitting here looking at it. It's covered up with a Virginia creeper. Oh, so it's not, uh, you can't go canoeing in it anymore, I guess. No, no, I'm saving it for the next flood. I think it'll be here Monday. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I think you're right. Yes. Now, what about any wasp nest around your greenhouses and your. Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. But I mean, they don't, you know, unless you get right on, they're not going to bother you. Mm -hmm. I just don't worry about. Right, those kind of insects because yeah. I mean, if they're if they're eating on the plants, I pay attention to that. Yeah, but if they're just flying around, I mean, you know, I, I can't. They was here before I was, and, and that's what we were saying. You know, just because you have a wasp nest doesn't mean you got to go out there and kill the wasp and get rid of the nest. Um, and, and we mm-hmm. truly believe that. But now there are some instances where they are, you know, 
eye level are the, the head worst high. Ones, the worst ones are right. the ones that you don't know about. You know, my son got zapped here he just did. a couple of weeks ago. He Red wasp moved a concrete planter, and there was a nest Ooh. up underneath it. And they tagged him four times. But then he, as he was trying to make a rapid uh, <laughs> exit, he tripped on the asphalt and took a <laughs> nose dive oh. and, yeah. and oh, sprained his wrist. So, yeah, yeah, those uh, things that's happen. A, lot a, mess. Sec- a lot of secondary damage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Mr. Paul, you know, we always talk about this time of year being, you know, the long summer days, the dog days of summer. Right. And, you know, it's nothing better than, you know, getting on that front porch in the rocking chair with some good old tea or lemonade and just watching the world go by. Hopefully that's what you've been doing or have you been still, you know, knee deep in sedums trying to get everything ready for this fall? No, I've been I've been doing the first part. But not on the rocking chair much because it's too hot. Yeah. I've been mostly doing my rocking inside the house where it's a little cooler. Yeah, we study in the winter and the summer. I want right. to mention this, though. I got uh, this past week got uh, Plant Delights Nursery Catalog. They are probably the premier unusual plant seller. And they have one of Mr. Paul's plants in there, and it's credited to him. Is and it a sedum? You, uh, it is a sedum. Well, which one is it, Jimmy? What's the name of that one? Little uh, Little China. Little China. Oh, I don't have that one. Yeah, and uh, real pleased to see that. And congratulations, my friend. Absolutely. Well, good. Thank you. That's Tetractinum. I can say that. Chinese sedum. Tetractinum. Okay. It's Chinese sedum or coral reef. They've got a pretty name on it now. Yeah, well, I love that one. It's just a miniature form of that plant. And. We we planted out at uh, Tuliatis's uh, trail out at the garden mm-hmm. several years ago, and I haven't been out there to see mm-hmm. how it did. Mm-hmm. But that was the first place that we trialed it, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's really a good plant. It's a little slower than the regular Chinese sedum, simply because it's one third the size. But I think it's going to be a great little plant for containers, and you know, just for. Just for something different. Now, and can I ask you this, Mr. Paul? Um, you know, I know at one point, you know, you had greenhouses. You were growing tons of ground covers, sedums mm-hmm. in particular, but a lot of other stuff. And you had the web page, southernselectsedum.com. Are you still doing any or all of that, Mr. Paul? Well, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Done no, with it, still, right? We still, ha- we still have the website, but we're basically semi-retired. Now, we're still doing a little bit of... Uh, business by appointment, right? But we just don't keep a full line of stuff like I got we you. used to, uh, Kenneth. I got you. We've, I, I'm, and of course, I'm. Uh, you know, they'll find me laying back there uh, one day because I'm not going to quit growing plants. I love to do that. Gardening is something that that keeps us uh, kind of a little more alive than we are normally and yeah. so i'm going to keep it keeps you grounded keep doing the, keep uh, keep doing the plants i don't know if we want to be grounded nowadays <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that could be six feet yeah prefer to be above ground yeah that's like you're, that's like you're running veda yeah. well, i want to see if you can still run you if you if you can you're the only one of us that can probably. Well, if you get and enough yellow like jackets running after her yeah. she she can still run it's not oh, graceful Lord, anyway know. <laughs> well, Mr. Paul, we love you to death. Uh, keep in touch with us. If we can do anything for you, be sure to let us know. And, you know, I've got a job offer for you. You know, now that Tom Pellet's really not in town anymore, 
I think you would be a really good consultant for here for the Mid-South. Lord, I, I appreciate that, Dennis, but, but Tom Pellett knew more in 30 minutes than I've probably collected <laughs> in my lifetime. But see, another thing I appreciate about y'all is the knowledge that each one of you individually have, and then when you collectively put that together, we just have a great treasure in having y'all there and on the, on the, on the radio and also on that web page because I love that. There's a lot of good information. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Mr. Paul. Good morning, gardeners. Welcome back to the Mid-South Gardening. You're listening. You can listen to our Mid-South Garden Path. No, Garden Path, Garden Podcast. Okay, focus, Veda, focus. Start over one more time. The Mid-South Gardening (laughs) Podcast you can listen to 24-7 at kwamradio.com. So, um, let's go to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Good morning. Good morning. as I'm walking around the watering or whatever, I think of a lot of questions. And, and, and those times Saturday comes along, I can't remember them. But this is one I have wondered about, uh, about uh, weed killers. Uh, most of them say don't apply 90 degrees or more. Well, it's only 80 now, right now. And, of course, it's going to be high 90s later. Can I put it out right now? I would not, because most of okay. the things that it's going to kill are broadleaf weeds, which are not, right. they're either mature, they're difficult to kill, because they're, most of these are growth hormones. They make the plant grow rapidly and then die. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. of these are going to fade, but it's still too hot, okay? We're going to get okay. some more 85 to 90 degree days, and I, I would not. Any of the things that address grasses, that's fine. You could use um, image for broadleaf weeds because it has no, it doesn't have that temperature restriction. Yeah, image, and then there's a weed out with nut sedge control that's got that sulfur zone in it. Okay, both of those are great products yeah. to use. So you know, just nothing that's got Trimec or 2,4-D, MCPP, dicamba. Those are ones you want to just shy away from because you know it, a day later it can get over 90 degrees. It'll vaporize and just drift in the wind. Right. And, you know, and do weird things to okay. your neighbor's roses. Now that may be a plus, yeah. you know, or not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, I know that you said last year when it probably all along. Uh, about hydrangeas, uh, prune old, uh, no, keep old wood, right? Yes, yeah. You don't want to uh-huh. do any pruning really now other than okay. just removing your spent flower buds if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just deadheading. Yeah, because uh, they are setting flower buds for next year. Right. And uh, so, uh, you know, like just uh, surely you would want to save some new growth for the future, or well, it's one of those things, Dwight. Where you never have to go in there on the old mop head hydrangeas. You know the blues and the pinks. Mm-hmm. You, you never have to cut them back at all. Uh, like Jim said, you can go in there and just deadhead them. You know, just for aesthetic reasons, cutting that old mm-hmm. dead bloom off. But if you ever cut them back, you want to try to do it right after they bloom. 
Um, and usually so, you just go in and take out the oldest canes right. because they're the less they produce mm-hmm. less flowers. Exactly. Yeah. Anything that's peeling yeah. like a birch tree, reach down all the way as low as you can get and cut it out, and you'll get three or four breaks off of that that will come back up to replace them. Oh, I, I was mistaken. So you you do want any pruning? You do want to prune old? Typically, yeah, yes. Yeah. You can take out the okay. oldest wood, and you know if okay. if you're really into it, if you're really trying to produce large numbers of flowers, mm-hmm. do it every year. Go in there and pick the three to five oldest canes mm-hmm. and take okay. them out. Uh, not more than say ten percent of the canes if it gets really big, right? right. Uh, and that will really increase your flowers. Yeah. And would that go for the uh, butterfly bushes also? Mm-hmm. Now, with butterfly bushes, we like to prune those hard and yeah. do that. Usually, we usually do it in January, um, yeah. even February, even yeah. early March. Yeah. You can just any time really. They just you know they're almost evergreen. You know anyway. Because Dwight, they'll come, they'll grow, they'll flush back out and bloom off that same year's growth. And you get that nice weeping type of habit if you don't trim them. They get twiggy they have more but little tiny blooms and they're just not near as attractive right mm-hmm. so by hard you mean that down knees oh yeah you yeah. know or lower. 19 That's inches yeah. 12 yeah. inches i yeah. take mine down to anywhere from 8 to 12 inches just depending on the plant they just look so much cleaner and healthier when they come uh-huh. out yeah well, I don't care what everybody says. Y'all are pretty good after all. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank, thank you, Dwight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dwight. Dwight. Appreciate the call, buddy. But he's, I mean, that's a great question about spraying for weeds in the heat. Most of them, like Jim said, most of those broadleaf weed killers you cannot right. use when it's above 86 degrees. Right. And, you know, we've, and you don't hear the uh, recommendation a lot of taking the oldest. Um, wood out of the hydrangeas but i did that too because we had that under specialty pruning to where where we went down into it more and then there's a lot of dead ones too that you need to pull off and also sometimes they get so big they're out in your walkway so you can take those off at the bottom you can do a little shaping too which is different from the you know the paniculata variety uh, mm-hmm. hydrangeas you know the the newer yeah. white blooming limelights bobos little limes those kind of things you can cut those back like you do the butterfly bush because yeah. they bloom off the same year's growth right. where the old mop heads are blooming this year off of last year's growth for the most part right. yeah. yeah and if you're going to you know if it's a rebloomer like endless summer or penny mac and, right and i hate the name of this nico rapido and yeah. all these near god is that stupid name nico rapido yeah. it comes from the original nico? it's the old nico but yes. this one reblooms okay oh. but you do need to remove the old um old flowers as soon as they begin to fade yes, sir. to have time for it to produce that second set of flowers yes, got it. and some years it just you, you know i trimmed mine back correctly right after the bloom my endless summer and i got three blooms off of it so far <laughs> that's it mm. so doesn't always happen right that's right yes yes but, but to give it as you best win chance. more than you lose really all right i did have a text uh somebody texted in guys and said can uh rotting feeder roots cause grass to turn brown after you remove a tree and that was from bob yeah and you know, that is um can rotting feeder roots of course 
yeah go ahead well no um see i I was thinking yeah too the tree roots are well if you just remove the tree they're probably not rotting yet okay well no but Mm -hmm. but it says can rotting feeder oh Uh, it's off the tree okay i gotcha yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. No. no. Okay, here's the first issue. If it was a shade-loving grass or shade-tolerant grass and was under the tree, it could turn brown just by removing the tree. Whether it's zoysia or, or, fescue, of course, fescue, or whatever. Right. Because, again, they have a waxy coating on them that regulates the light that get, sunlight that gets through them. And you just made it full sunlight, so it mm-hmm. could cook it. And it... Sh- if it's uh, zoysia or Bermuda, whatever you have, that would recover. Yeah. Okay. Your fescue is going to be pretty dang stressed. Yeah. And it, and it could die. You may have out. to reseed it this fall. Right. So, but it's not the tree causing it. It's the environmental conditions from the sudden change in uh, light. Gotcha. Right. So gotcha. your tree was cut down. Yeah. And then everything else, yeah, because it's too soon for it to start trying to compost and, and, or rot. And, and typically, you know, it's either going to be Bermuda, Zoysia, or Fescue in the Mid-South mm-hmm. area, right? Yeah, right. Bermuda needs about six hours of sun or more. Uh, under these trees, Zoysia, we see a lot of that. It needs still three or four hours of sun. Oh, did we find out what grass it was? No, no I sent him a note, but he hadn't had not And then okay. Fescue, you know, we typically see under these trees also where Bermuda and Zoysia won't grow because of the lack of light. Uh, so anytime you have a situation where you had a shaded environment mm-hmm. and you cut that tree down and all of a sudden you don't anymore, then yeah, it's not uncommon to see some dieback on that grass up under where it was. Well, here we go. Oh, so Jim was going to talk about weed killer. Well, we well let's put it or? after to the break here. So okay. we're going to talk about homemade re- weed killers. And what about, yeah. you know, we've got, you know, some weather coming up from mm-hmm. the Gulf. Yeah, and we were thinking about the Mississippians. Yeah, I well, they're and the Louisianians and, and, and the Tennesseans. Yeah. And also yeah. Chattanooga area, because it's going to turn and go that way. And we still oh. may have some significant wind. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to affect us here in Memphis because it looks like right now we're going to be on the west side mm-hmm. of it. And we're going to get, a, yeah, we'll get some rain out of it. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Hope so. yeah, but that's the dry side. So, so there's you know, not we'll to see. much for your garden you can do except for containers with tall plants laying them over right take them hide them in your shrubs or something Mm -hmm. like that just to keep the pots from breaking of course remember to uh, uh, put your umbrellas down yeah because they will go (laughs) how many times have i replaced an umbrella because i have not done if you have a place that uh floods you're just gonna have to deal with it it's just not not much i mean even our affiliate one of our affiliate stations down in greenville mississippi uh, you know, they could see a lot of rain see down there. Significant rainfall. Um, yeah. So you know, we but there's a lot of wind, and that's going to be the up here. When the really tornadoes and wind are going to be the main issues, I think here, unless mm-hmm. you're on the the east side of it. Yeah, no prep for a tornado either. Nope. All right. Well, hopefully everything works out good for everyone that's listening, and hopefully we get some great rain that we can actually absorb. Hopefully it doesn't just roll off the earth like we feel like it does here in Memphis. Yeah. All right, I guess we should go to a break Let's we just that. got we got a little bit longer to talk about the organic or organic the weed, weed killers. killers yeah we'll be right back this is mid-south gardening on the mighty 990 kwam and streaming online at mighty 990.com hello friend 
Friends, Todd Starnes here, and I want to invite you to my annual Faith and Freedom Celebration at Truett McConnell University. Join me and my very special guest, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, as we celebrate America and raise much-needed scholarship funds for Truett McConnell. Our Faith and Freedom Celebration is a once-in-a-lifetime moment to meet some of the top newsmakers and decision-makers in the nation. Tickets are selling fast, so make your reservations right now, September 24th at Truett McConnell University. Go to truett.edu. When it comes to fresh, you can always taste the difference. That's why at FarmView Market, you'll always find 100% grass-fed beef. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure pasture-raised grass-fed beef. And that care and devotion goes into all of our products at FarmView Market. Taste the difference yourself by visiting farmviewmarket.com. Carryout and curbside services are still available. FarmView Market, farm-to-table fresh, always. farmviewmarket.com. America has a new choice for fair and balanced news. ToddStarns.com. Journalism you can trust. From some of the best reporters and opinion writers in the business, ToddStarns.com takes you to the front lines of the culture war, defending faith, freedom, and your family. ToddStarns.com also features exclusive interviews with America's top newsmakers like Mike Huckabee, Franklin Graham, and Newt Gingrich. Find out why millions of Americans read ToddStarns.com every day. It's news you can trust. ToddStarns.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. America is in a funk, and that's why I wrote our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. It's a collection of inspirational and encouraging and hilarious stories about exceptional Americans who are doing good deeds, stories about faith and family, God and country. I do have hope for America because my hope is not based on a political party. My hope is built on a much higher power. Our Daily Biscuit, it's a buttermilk biscuit for the soul. Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. If you've missed some of our show, you can hear it on uh, kwamradio.com. That's our podcast. Podcast yep. comes up shortly after we go off the air. And you can listen to that anytime you want. Of course, you can give us a call, 260-5926. That's area code 901. And if you want to send us a text, you can go to the Mighty 990 Facebook page. But, Jim, one thing you want to talk about in the next two or three minutes that we have uh, or, or some maybe homemade, homemade weed killers. Weed killers. And I love yeah. the aspect uh, of that. You know, this is just – and I, uh, so, uh, this, just a day or two ago, I read this really well-written article about the benefits of making your own weed killer, how much cheaper it was than buying Roundup. <laughs> Okay, but you heard a testimonial earlier about a guy who's been using this very same formula and, you know, the fact that it a lot of stuff, it just didn't kill, you know. Now, he was, hold on, he was it, mixing. He, you, it's, it's vinegar and using the 5% vinegar, not don't. the 20%. If you use the 20%, you really want to wear protective clothing because it can burn you. But it will flat out kill weeds, though. It, it will burn the top off yeah. of them, yeah. yes. Now, tenacious weeds will come right back. Okay. Okay. Um, but do something sometime, you know, it, it, the, the formula is weed killer, uh, uh, I mean, vinegar, vinegar, salt. Yeah. Okay. Now you, you really don't want to put salt in your flower beds. Okay. And if you're doing crack and crevice control, salt is the, the main thing, you know, you just pour table salt on it. Nothing's going to grow there wow. ever for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good if it's cracks in sidewall. That's but right. <laughs> it's okay. You know, and it's going to leach a little bit and run down beside your grass and brown it. But, you know, if you're okay with that, that's fine. 
Um, hmm. And the other thing they put in it is is just a little bit of Dawn liquid detergent. Or, or any kind of yeah. hand soap. And people or, get yeah. this real warm and fuzzy feeling about Dawn, you know, mm-hmm. because everybody's seen that commercial where they got that little oil-coated yeah. duckling, you yeah. know, and it, they clean it up, you know, and then it's swimming <laughs> off. But the truth of this is that... That didn't happen, okay? They clean the oil off of it, and if you throw that little duckling right then into the mm. water, it will drown. Mm. He, you have taken off all of the waxy coating on on uh, oily coating on the, the duck that makes it float. Right. So it has to repreen itself and get that oil distributed over its feathers. But that'd before, be good to kill a weed, though, wouldn't uh, it? We, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but how healthy is that take a look at the list of ingredients that are in dawn detergent okay okay some of them are not very nice things like sodium hydroxide there's there's salt in it and sodium hydrochloride and there's a whole list of things that have names about as long as your arm Mm, okay and just take a look at some of those and go Mm -hmm. to the msds sheets on them and see you know how toxic they are of course now granted you're losing you're using just a very little bit of it in your yeah. in your weed killer but if you use roundup you're using just a very little bit in a gallon of water you know and yeah. a roundup's going to kill it permanently now of course roundup's changing here and in two years yeah uh, they're going to put different stuff in it uh, but now, herbicides are designed to do this with minimal impact to the environment there is no reason to go up underneath your kitchen counter and try to find stuff to kill things because most of the stuff that's in Dawn detergent does nasty stuff to your yeah. soil. Well, and, and, and like you said, we had a caller, David, who used that exact formulation that you're talking about. He was using vinegar, he was using uh, liquid soap, mm-hmm. and he was using salt. And that is a non-selective weed killer. It's going to kill mm-hmm. anything that it touches. But you're saying, Jim... It doesn't kill. Okay? Well, it, it burns the foliage it, off of it. Right, but, it, but uh, he also also said that it didn't do a good job on certain type weeds. Right, right. The detergent strips that waxy coating we've been talking about this morning and lets these vinegar get to the to the tissue, which just fries it. Okay? Right. But it doesn't get down to the roots and kill it. Now, some little tiny weeds will not tolerate that. They'll just give up and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But the vast majority of things will continue to re-sprout. They'll root sprout, yeah. okay, and mm-hmm. spread more. You spray that on nut grass, now you've got three. All right, so and I don't even know if it would affect nut grass. If, if you spray it on there, it will actually mm-hmm. fry it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um but it's going to come back. But just like back. it does when you spray yeah. image, comes back though. with a ven- keeps coming back. Comes coming back, back with a, a vengeance. Right, because, so, yeah. so it's not a good idea to to, make, to no- try to make your own weed. Killers. There is nothing healthy about those things going into your soil. Okay. Now, there's the 20% vinegar, which is the horticultural grade. That you can that If you're going to do it, yeah, then get that one versus just the regular cooking vinegar, now, anything like that. If you spray that in your flower beds, that vinegar is going to change your pH. It's going to lower it mm-hmm. substantially if it's the 20%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be prepared for that. So, you but, but, know. but spray it in the cracks of your driveway. You're just a chemical man. That's why you're making that snarly no. face about it. You know, my I organic just, I, I believe that if you have something that tells you on the label, you can do this. Okay, mm-hmm. There is nothing on that label that says, spray me in the garden. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. put me, you know, in the dishes, and I'm cool yeah. with that. You well, know? my homemade—I don't use the homemade vinegar. I just use the one that's already the twenty percent. Yeah, the twenty percent, mm-hmm. and orange oil works good as a surfactant, so you don't have to use the Dawn. And I don't know if the one premix has salt in it. You know, there's mm-hmm. the uh, Doctor Earths and the Burnout and all of that. Now, Burnout is their oils also now. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, as long as you're just spraying the foliage quickly. Right, yeah, okay. yeah. But if you're standing there and letting that stuff spray, and mm-hmm. it's going to get into your soil, and those oils <coughs> coat your microbes and kill them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's secondary damage from mm-hmm. those types. And that's what you were talking about a while ago. You right. know, you want to, to limit or minimize the the damage that's right. other than killing the weed. Yeah. Um, so affecting uh, pH and soil and all that, like farm farms their soil has one percent organic matter like the the farming land and then right next to it where the uh soil hasn't been disturbed has three percent organic matter Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking i'd want the three percent over the one percent of the organic matter but then i also hear it's in the farming area so they're depleting the soil of the microorganisms with maybe overuse i don't know of fertilizers and chemicals and all so there's so many ways to go about this and so my view is just add organic matter just add organic matter. If you've mm. got to go chemical or organic, just just know that organic matter is always good. Well, and, and, and going back to the weed killers, uh, Ms. Veda, um, you know, there's so many weed killers on the market now. Uh, and I really think there are huge improvements uh, on weed killers now than what there were, you know, 20 years ago. Right. But always read the label and don't deviate. Take us out, Jim. And tune in here next week. We'll be back with all this wonderful information, you know, and to share with you. Uh, you've been listening to Mid-South Gardening right here on our flagship, flagship station, KWAM. And uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand new towels. These things are incredible, and best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. 